This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Have yourself a film history. The history of film. From Brad Pitt to James Cagney and all of them Have yourself a very, very film history Merry Christmas, everyone, from Film History, the History of Film Welcome to Film History, the History of Film And it's all... It's a real Christmas vibe here in Los Angeles today. It's a cool 19 degrees. Not really. It's like 59 degrees. It's it is too chilling. cold. It's too cold. We it's complained cold. it was too hot. Now I'm complaining it's too cold. Yep. That's Will I ever like be happy? It. The answer is no. Yeah. It's 60 a, degrees here is when the snow starts falling. It's yeah. A yeah. Very <laughs> cold Christmas here in Florida at a chilly 80 degrees. Even. Wow. So oh, you're getting beautiful. it now. You're getting it now. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. Love we got it. 60 degrees, and that's not the smell of fireplaces. That's just the Hollywood sign on fire. <laughs> Probably, again, I would imagine. It doesn't. But, it, uh, it's not fire season. No, I, well, I mean, it's always fire season around <laughs> here. You know, it's not always Christmas. It is now, but it's always fire season, baby. <laughs> uh, Dev is uh, coming to us once again, dressed the part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my God. So I, this- I wanted to explain this. I have a special love for Peanuts and Charlie Brown. Um, for two reasons, but the first one is, um, my old, I want to dedicate this episode to my older brother, Brian, because this is all about family and I am actually wearing his Charlie Brown peanuts tie where, uh, Charlie Brown's playing baseball and I got with me Snoopy. And uh, if you guys are listening to this, I have a, you know, Snoopy, animatronic Snoopy doll that my brother gave me when I was one years old after I got chicken pox in my eye and was blinded in my eye. He was eight or ten years old at the time and he saved up all of his allowance for like eight months so he could buy me this thing. Personally, he's the best older brother and I love him to death. But this is Snoopy sitting next to me. Uh, and he's uh, in a World War II fighter pilot outfit. He's, and we're he's in good to, uh, shape, man. He's yeah. in good shape. We're going to rock and roll. And uh, that's number the number one. Number two is after that, years later, um, I was Charlie Brown in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, the musical. Shout out oh, to uh, right. Orange Grove Middle School. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the fun, yeah. I was actually looking for the costume for that, and I tried to mention it to you guys, but for some reason, I just, it's lost in storage in a bin or something. So I was going to, ho- I was trying to rock Charlie Brown outfit and have Snoopy with me, but, you know, it is what it is. This is all good. So I figured I'd do the next best thing and put on a suede jacket looking like, uh, you know, one of the teachers from Charlie Brown. It is fun. Yeah. Would love to see it. I always, I always love your theatrics, Dev. Uh, you, uh, <laughs> you set the theater. vibe for these yeah, episodes. With, I love uh, it. 
you know, I know this is this is an audio medium, but uh, just imagine imagine the costumes Dev is in, and, uh, and let let that uh, let that guide the tone for these episodes. Well, Back if you go the- uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, uh, you'll see they're all. We have a ton of backlog, and we're gonna be you know slowly releasing all the highlights and stuff coming up here yes. in the new year. We're keeping the Christmas spirit going, y'all. We're getting real Christmassy now. I hope you enjoy the new intro, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, uh, <laughs> every episode elevates. Well, I don't know. The the Home Alone episode is, is probably the peak elevation of that of this year's Man. Christmas uh, thing. But, uh, yeah, Dev Dev really went in on layering those harmonies for us. <laughs> so, uh, I tried to do well, as today. many as possible in a short amount of time. <laughs> uh, I do want to give well, one quick shout-out, because I was talking about You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, right? And that's the musical that this is based on. So when I did that, mm. uh, my good friend uh, was Linus in that musical. Uh, his name is Zach, and... He is a part of a really fabulous company I just want to give a shout out to called Super Rare. Super Rare is the right. one of the largest NFT marketplaces in the world. Uh, they're right. very successful. It listed on the Dow. They just had a great uh, continuing of release in Miami for NFT Miami and Art Basel or whatever nice. you'd like to pronounce it as. But um, <laughs> I just want to show some love to Zach and tell everybody you should go check out SuperRare.com. And that's it. Yeah, yeah, wait, wait. Your childhood friend started Super Rare. Yeah, one of, one of the guys who he's a co-founder. What I don't Whoa. know exactly uh, <laughs> his, his title like and position, but uh, I don't wanna, I don't want to speak for him. But yeah, he's we're actually uh, you know we might be collaborating on some some stuff soon. We don't know. We're, you know he's he's the homie though, man. Shout out to Zach and, and much love. Wow, Super Rare Roses. Awesome, if you want to follow him on Instagram, or I mean uh, Twitter, cool. Twitter. Sorry. Very rich man. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, today we're going to be telling you about 1965's Charlie Brown Christmas special. Is that uh, old? Yeah. Wow. 65, man. Actually, I'm really glad you brought that up. Is it that old? Because I want to start doing a new thing. I implemented this new thing into the show. I and I wish I had been doing this all along now. It's Mm -hmm. one of those things where like, why have I not been doing this? Mm -hmm. I want to tell you when these movies came out about where the world was, mm. who, you know, where we were. For instance, in, uh, you know, like <laughs> I think about for this one, it's like Hunter S. Thompson telling you about Fear and Loathing. You know, yeah. it was the 60s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're in 1965. <laughs> Kennedy's been shot for a little over a year, and LBJ is beginning his actual four term as president. <laughs> <laughs> 3,500 Marines have just landed in Nam to kick off one hell of a party that will produce some great music and later on some great war stories. <laughs> this is also dead middle of the civil rights movement. This is the year Martin Luther King led peaceful protesters across a bridge in Selma and were viciously beaten by white supremacists. It led to the Voting Rights Act to be passed later that year. <laughs> this is good. You kind of yes, getting where this, we're at, you know? Great. It's great. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's making unfortunate history uncomfortably <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what Hunter S. Thompson kind of did. <laughs> unfortunate history uncomfortably yeah. funny. But this is where we are. 1965. L- LBJ is president. We're in like the dead fucking middle heat of the civil rights movement. Uh, we've got a LBJ, man. Whoa. What a guy who... That guy did so much good and so much bad. <laughs> what you a, know, like, a, a real mixed bag of a person. I, I'm mixed still bag. waiting on the good. <laughs> <laughs> well, voting rights, good. Yeah. Pulling your dick out. That. I think that was happening before he came around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. He, yeah, he, he just basically like, signed, sealed, delivered. He just yeah. happened to yeah. whack the dude ahead of him. 
to get into right. office. <laughs> the guy who he may have killed, by the way. Uh, <laughs> may, dude, everyone should go listen to Oliver Stone interview on Breaking Points. Oliver Stone, just in the anniversary of his movie JFK, came out with a documentary all about JFK and all the source material and the FISA stuff. Uh, that he did research on after he made the movie. So his movie triggered a congressional hearing. So it's, wow. uh, yeah, yeah. Shout out Whoa. to Oliver Stone, bro. He's beast. Wow. That's crazy. But yeah, LBJ also used to pull his dick out in the White House. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he Nixon, had a right? name for it. If, if we had if Twitter it, and social media back then, uh, I think we would have all realized that politics has always been a clown circus. Yeah. If, <laughs> he used to enemy. If Go ahead, LBJ man, didn't call his dick Johnson, he fails at life. <laughs> I think it was. It was like Johnson Jr. And he used to pull it out of meetings and he would say, like, it's time to ask like Johnson Jr. some questions. And he'd pull his <laughs> dick out. And it was when he basically wanted his, well, he wanted his way he pulls his dick out. He'd be like, I win now. And he was like, I'll put this away when I get what I want. <laughs> he's also the guy with that famous audios from where they're measuring him for a oh, suit. And yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. give me some room for my nutsack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's Too right. many nights at Bohemian uh, Grove. <laughs> yeah. right. Didn't he also, like... Was he involved in the assassination of Martin Luther King? I, well, that, I don't know. Uh, the FBI sure was. People... People say that the Alabama governor, George mm. Wallace, he was the one behind the FBI, but the FBI, Herbert Hoover also was right. behind the assassination. They say that LBJ said, don't do that, <laughs> but we don't know, man. I would, I would super love if he didn't yeah, kill Yeah, I'd man. love if he didn't, but uh, <laughs> well, who knows? But that's on a different episode. <laughs> that's on American <laughs> history. That's on film Mr. history Romero. of Johnson's. <clears throat> <laughs> this was um, uh, this was uh, this was also the year of Sound of Music came out. Best Picture award went to My Fair Lady. Oh. Julie Andrews won Best Actress for Mary Poppins. Hunger's Thompson voice point. will never not be funny. Man, it's I just, love it. It's innately funny. Yeah, um, you can say anything and I'll laugh. So that's where we're at. 1965 as fuck. The year Tom Tom and Jerry came out this year. Uh, the St. Louis Arch was built this year. Oh, okay. Nam kicked off. And that is when a Charlie Brown Christmas comes out that right. year. As a wave of LSD and psychedelics take yeah. over the country. <laughs> they were in dire need of some Christmas. And <laughs> like it this it put it in perspective for me, and this is why I said I should have been doing this every episode, because this is sad as fuck to think about, but it's just true. A lot, 3,500 troops went to Nam that year. So there's all those, all their kids are watching a Charlie Brown Christmas special when their dad just went to fucking Nam. Mm. You know, like that's where we're at. You know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just, no, this is cool. I like this. I like, okay, cool. I like setting the tone for like what the world was like when this came out. Yeah. Because yeah. art is always gonna be a reflection of the culture around it at the time and stuff. And uh, I think it's important context going into the stuff. Yeah. I dig mm -hmm. it too, and I, I mean, imagine this will be like, I'll talk about it, you know, 1920s. Wherever mm -hmm. we talk about, I'll tell you what was going on, mm -hmm. and a lot of it will overlap. It'll be kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. You know? Yeah, it's like uh, when the year Terminator came out, 
uh, was the year of the great shampoo shortage. Everyone just had oh dry as fuck hair. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know about that. That's very oh, funny. I made it up. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> I'm just saying, eighties in the eighties, no one had shampoo apparently because everyone's hair was dry as shit or conditioner. Sorry, they didn't have conditioner. It was just crispy, man. They were just using some real crispy we, products. We just, we just, we hadn't invented air, uh, air conditioner yet, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the news is crazy as fuck in 1965. They were in dire need of some Christmas, and uh, I think this TV special really brought the fucking Christmas, you know. Okay, so I, I have a host of questions that could might be obvious to some, but I'll ask anyway because, and I'll ask now. Maybe if you get into this, we'll save it. But this doesn't really have to do with the special itself. Uh-huh. Um, what is the history of the peanuts in general? I'll be telling you. Okay, cool. Because yeah, yeah. it didn't start as I a Christmas special. I couldn't. Right? I couldn't tell this story without telling that one. Okay, cool. So Sweet. yeah, I t- I'm going to tell you that whole thing too. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Yeah, it's not much history. It's just a guy came up with a good idea and it became really popular. Wait, was it was it a comic strip in a yeah, newspaper? Yeah, it was a basically? comic strip. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it like one of those newspaper ones, or yes. was it like a comic book? No, it was a newspaper okay. comic strip. Yeah, yeah, every Sunday type of shit. Like Garfield. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm. But yeah, Charlie Brown's Christmas special, it's like cutting up a line of Christmas spirit, snorting it straight to the soul, is going to slap you in the face with some Christmas. And I'm very excited to be talking about it today. It's actually one of my favorite Christmas programs to watch every year. I don't don't call it a movie, you know, as a 30-minute TV special, but it is like a Christmas movie that... People, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a part it, of my Christmas. It, it counts. Yeah, for sure. It counts. And it's just right up my alley, man. Mm-hmm. It's very 60s. I mean, Vince Guaraldi, the jazz musician who made the, the score for this, is one of my favorite jazz musicians because of this, you know. Very and, impressive that we still watch, children still watch this today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. man. This is no joke. Like, <laughs> this became a big thing. Like, it's funny, I... I I keep comparing these things, but, you know, like I said, Fast and Furious became an empire. Transformers became an empire. Charlie Brown has very much become an empire. Yeah. You know, we're talking a billion dollar uh, company here, yeah. you know, off of this shit. Off of a comic I mean, strip. And yeah. from, yeah. like, all the merch, you know? How much yeah, Christmas, the merch, like, The Macy's you know, Parade. And Snoopy yeah. and Charlie are still, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's right up my alley, and uh, these guys had to invent the way that Charlie Brown would... They These guys who made this, this was the first Charlie Brown TV special ever made. Ah. So these guys had to set the tone for what this would look like, um, and invent ways that Charlie Brown would be moving on screen in oh, a TV so special. Oh, so this was the first time it was not a comic strip, it was animated it in was, any capacity? It was the first time it wasn't a comic strip or a commercial. Oh. They had commercials with Charlie Brown. So Weird. They, yeah, they, they, I'm going to get into some shit. Very strange. Charlie Brown okay. was selling Fords at one point. What? Yeah. <laughs> Very strange. Yeah. America. Well, so uh, it, yeah. it became like a, a like a, a, a regular cartoon show, right? Like, yeah, it became... There's, there's, there are seasons of a Charlie Brown show, right? Everything. It became okay. everything. There's all these TV specials. It became cartoons. It became movies. You know, that's what okay. I'm saying. Charlie Brown became a whole fucking thing. And not to mention... Uh, like Dev was saying, a merch, you know, just uh, empire, you know. Holiday cards, a, everything. Yeah. Anything holiday oriented, Thanksgiving or Christmas, has always right. got peanut stuff around it. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. And it was a, uh, this was a collaboration with the creator of Peanuts, of course, Charles Sparky Schultz. Everybody called him Sparky. 
and uh, animator Bill Melendez, documentarian named Lee Mendelson, and legendary jazz musician Vince Guaraldi. Uh, under an extremely tight deadline that I have to tell you about this this move this TV special was basically conceived, created, and released all within like six months. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, it was a very tight rope on this one. I won't give it away just yet, but I will tell you why it was such a deadline. And because well, uh, everyone was it tripping has to be out by Christmas, and yeah, they didn't get it done in time. <laughs> No, no, it was literally... Uh, okay, we'll get into it later. I assume the deadline was built into the theme of the thing. It's like, well, we can't release this in March. <laughs> no, for sure, but also whenever... <laughs> okay, we'll get, get into, into it. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, don't want to bait you into spoilers. <laughs> and so, But before we begin, I want to emphasize how influential Charles Schultz was to America and to culture in general. Like, Sparky was kind of a... And now we're going to get into the history of Peanuts here a okay. little bit. What's Sparky? Sparky is Charles Schultz. They call him Sparky. Oh, uh, okay. Fun fact, unrelated, but the nickname for the electric chair at the State Penitentiary of Florida <laughs> is also Sparky. It is. They named it after Charles Schultz. They're like, it, it, had a, it has a Charlie Brown face yeah. on the chair when you oh sit in it. Oh, my God. I don't know They're like, uh, we should give our murder machine a fun nickname. <laughs> they sponsored it with peanuts. <laughs> they sponsored Old Sparky. When you, when you get walked into the chamber, the peanuts theme just plays. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you know what would lighten up this incredibly gruesome fate that we force these people to be subjected to? Just a peanut. So a fun to... nickname. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, really, really liven up this room of murder. It just makes it a lot cooler when the prisoner's like, I'm headed to old Sparky on Friday, you know. <laughs> terrifying, terrifying stuff. And, and another fun fact about old Sparky, uh, it was juiced up in like 1994 to kill someone. So that was oh, yeah. very recent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm surprised that's the most, I'm surprised there isn't, isn't a more recent there, one, to be they honest. They still have it because they're still fighting with the courts on whether or not they can use it. And that's in Florida, right, Deb? Oh, yeah. Old Sparky. Yeah, that's Florida, baby. And they're oh. ve- they were very close at one point point to getting a yes on a few people that they can spark them up again. I mean, <laughs> let's be well, honest, so I, there's probably so some people just, that deserve that. They need some sparks. <laughs> they're, they're just doing lethal injections in the meantime, well, or like, so what's the lethal? Yeah, well, right now it's on a complete uh, pause right now. But they, the lethal injections, uh, they found out that apparently it's a lot more pain than they yeah, were. Yeah, oh it yeah, for. it's it's incredibly painful. Yeah. It feels <laughs> like there's a lava running through your yeah. veins. Yeah, they like, so they were like just do like fentanyl or something but like, <laughs> yeah just, fentanyl. Just, give, just give them a Fat line of fentanyl lace cocaine. Oh my! Just doctor feel good their asses to death. Yeah, just Michael heroin. Jackson just give them heroin. Just give them a lot. Just a shit ton of heroin. A fucking hot load. We've baby. we've figured this out. Yeah, we figured it out right I, now. No, they're gonna bring back old Sparky at some point. That's the I, way we're I always going. thought the guillotine was like far less gruesome. <laughs> like if true. I had to, if you had to if I had to choose between a guillotine, a lethal injection, or an electric chair, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna well, take the first. They one. They had the firing squad forever. The that doesn't squad. seem great. Like I, I feel like that one. There's a chance you're just like you bleeding out from those. Bl- yeah. yeah. Somebody. Somebody done do a headshot. Yeah. Do and while. if they do a wrong headshot, you're yeah, still that's like. True. Yeah. That's I, very true. Yeah. Or we could just not 
kill prisoners. We could just actually not kill prisoners. We could just maybe kill. like not be in the medieval times, <laughs> you know, like not reenact that we're like merry old England, you know, <laughs> maybe just I, maybe. I love the fact that we just went out a rabbit hole of murder for our Christmas episode. <laughs> hey, you know what? This is about a Christmas. This is about a Christmas special that came out in the dead heat of Vietnam. All right, this is the mood today. You wanted Charlie joke. Brown. <laughs> You wanted Charlie Brown? You're getting him. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> back to Christmas. So, <laughs> back to Christmas. Like, you're just like trying to quiet your grandpa at the end of the table. It's like, Grandpa, please, it is Christmas. Like, do we have to talk about this again? Like, I'm cutting the turkey right now. <laughs> it's like, you all know a good way to die. <laughs> Vietnam's a good way to die. I say they bring back Sparky. <laughs> Vietnam's. Vietnam seemed to be a good way for all my friends to die. <laughs> While you're at home watching Charlie Brown. It's <laughs> like, Dad, I was eight. Yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I was two in my heart. Back but, to Cagmus. Uh, back to Cagmus. Back- Cagmus. Merry Cagmus, everyone. Oh, my God. Merry Cagmus. Happy, happy Cagmus days. <laughs> wanted to emphasize how influential Sparky Charles Schultz was to America and to culture in general. In my opinion, this guy was like the Rod Serling of comic strips in a big way. He was including characters of color and breaking down walls in the 50s. The It started in 1950, the comic strip. And he basically had this thing where he was going to put things in that weren't seen anywhere because people weren't doing this stuff, but he wasn't going to make a big deal out of it. Like... There were girls on the baseball team, you know, and it wasn't like a thing of like this whole thing came out about how we're going to put girls on the baseball team because we're progressive. He just put girls on the fucking baseball team. Cool. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. 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 And he became very successful from it. He was broaching topics that other people were a little too afraid to get into, you know, Mm. and he was writing for the future. Basically, Mm. he kind of knew that a lot of this shit wasn't going to be an issue someday, so I'm just going to write for that time period. <laughs> cool. That's a great way to handle it. That's yeah. a great way to approach that. And hopefully we we still do get there someday. <laughs> <laughs> He's still writing for a future yeah, day. Yeah, it'll, it's still in the future as of now. <laughs> I yearn but, uh, for the day when I can't understand what my teachers say. oh my god dude full disclosure this is a nuts fact about me that i'm just gonna tell the whole world for some reason uh i used to listen to vince garaldi's christmas time is here the the theme of this special Mm. every single night to go to sleep (laughs) every night like without fail for years really (laughs) for a long time whoa way too long way too long on repeat wow and that's what i slept with interesting it was like the white noise for you to go to bed yeah exactly like the two minutes into that song i was out interesting yeah (laughs) <laughs> probably, um, I probably I used therapy, to watch The Exorcist you know. every night before I went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, I had, I had a strange one. It wasn't, I had a strange one. It wasn't years, but there was a, there was a long stretch of time when I first went to college that I listened to. Uh, I just there was something about the song I found so soothing and like floaty and spacious, and it like really put me in sleepy vibes. Uh, it was a song by. Future and Miley Cyrus. Oh my god! Uh, and Mr. Hudson. Do you guys remember Mr. Hudson? No. 
Mr. Rogers? Real and, it was real and true. And the song is called Real and True. And yeah, I listened to it like on repeat to go to sleep for a while because it just like it just gave me sleepy vibes. I don't yeah. know. But so I totally get that. Sometimes yeah. there's just there's just a thing that acts as your white noise. Yeah. yeah. It, was just, it was Stevie Ray Vaughan when I was a little kid. But then like too old to be listening to that song every night. <laughs> it's Vince Guaraldi, man. It was dope. He was sick, dude. He was good at jazz, all right? <laughs> I can't wait to tell you about his involvement. In he was good at jazz. He was really good at jazz. He was a good white boy at jazz. But, uh... <laughs> well, yeah, speaking of therapy, we are going to talk a little bit about therapy in this episode, too. This was... Therapy was like a new hot thing at this time. Like, the 60s... The 50s and 60s, after World War II... Uh, people started really in America getting into therapy. Was this when they were super about lobotomies? No, that was a little bit earlier. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 all right. 20s, 30s. Yeah. And, oh, okay, so we, the, we had moved out of lobotomies. We're they like, were maybe, still doing electroshock, oh, we Okay. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and they were kidding. like, maybe yeah. we should talk through our problems instead of poking it out of our heads. Right, yeah, instead of like punching your brain out. Yeah, they were still doing electroshock, though. Oh. You could still like send your wife to an electroshock because she Notice was like... Notice how, again, uh, you know, they're doing electroshock in mental hospitals to fix people, but they're also using electroshock at Old Sparky to to kill people. (laughs) It always comes back to the electric chair. We're going to get the electric chair for doing this episode. Yeah. This this episode is brought to you by the electric chair. Yeah, therapy had become a big thing at this time, and uh, they impl- they they would implement it a lot in like the Charlie Brown Christmas special. They have a therapy part oh, of yeah. this, you know. Yeah, but I'm going to take you. Of course, I will start this by taking you a little bit through the plot. Uh, maybe you haven't seen this. There's oh wait, no, no. I I have some other questions. When, when did what was the first publication of the Peanuts comic? Well, that's I'm gonna. Oh. I'm gonna do the plot first. Okay. And then get into the history. Of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. Cool. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, I had your yeah, yeah. no, timeline no, no, backwards. No it begins with Charlie walking through the snow with his homie Linus the Thumb Sucker. Linus the Thumb Sucker. You know that's what they call him. And uh, <laughs> he tells Linus that like I don't know, man. I'm just not feeling feeling the spirit this year. You know, he's not getting into the Christmas spirit. He's feeling down. And Linus kind of is like, you're a fucking bummer, Charlie. You know, Jesus, why do you do this every fucking year? Will you just get therapy already? Like, I'm tired of hearing you bitch and moan every year, you know. (laughs) He says, quote, you're the only person I know who can take such a wonderful season like this and turn it into a problem, you fuck. (laughs) Blockhead. This is a lot. This is a lot more radar than I remember. Yeah, I know, man. This it gets deep, man. He's like, maybe Lucy's right about you. You know, fucking maybe you. Maybe your dad was right to leave. <laughs> your dad's never coming back from the liquor store, Charlie. All right, he's in numb. But uh... I mean, you're like ten and bald with two hairs. <laughs> That's the twist. Is that Charlie Brown's dad is in numb? <laughs> he says. He says of all the Charlie or Lucy. Yeah, he says maybe Lucy's right about you. Of all the Charlie. Browns in the world, you're the Charlie Browniest. <laughs> and we're gonna get into it, man, but this kid gets shit on. Like, Charlie Brown gets fucking dunked on Bro, by all of his friends. By a fucking kid named Pigpen who yeah. <laughs> rolls around in dirt. How do, you, how do you get made fun of by that? <laughs> Even Pigpen is fucking, yeah, man. The. <laughs> 
So yeah, the next day, Charlie's depression grows even stronger when he checks his mailbox and no one sent him a Christmas card. And he confronts some neighborhood kids about being like heartless pieces of shit that didn't even send him a card. <laughs> he even asked one of his friends, he's like, hey, or no, I think he asked his sister, Sally. He's like, I didn't see your Christmas card. She goes, yeah, it's because I didn't send one. You know, <laughs> real, They're all real nice to Charlie. But uh, so he's, he's just walking around in the snow all sad. And Lucy has like a lemonade stand set up in town, but it's for psychiatric help just for one nickel. And this is, of course, we all know this is Lucy. This is Charlie's like main bully, the one who always pulls the damn football away from him right before he kicks mm. it. And uh, yeah, just let him live, Lucy. He's already <laughs> sad enough. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is the scene where I was talking about. I mean, this takes a little bit of a of a detour here, but this was therapy in the '60s was really big. Uh, 1963, Congress passed, and John F. Kennedy signed the Mental Retardation Facilities. That was the actual, uh, <laughs> that was the paper that they signed in the 60s. <laughs> facilities, <laughs> facilities and Community Mental Health Centers Construction Act, which provided federal support and funding for community mental health centers. And uh, this legislation changed how mental health services were delivered in the United States, it started the process of deinstitutionalization, the closing of large asylums by providing for people to stay in their communities and be treated locally. And in 1955, there were 558,239 severely mental ill patients institutionalized at public hospitals. And by 1994, uh, by percentage of the population, there were 92% fewer. But this is basically, they closed all the facilities okay. and let them out into the streets. This is when that happened. Oh, out. okay. All right. Yeah, well, yeah. So, so they were like, you know those uh, those like torture facilities that we send our crazies to? Yeah. We should close those. We should close those. And then someone was like, should we like provide any other support? <laughs> no, just let them go home. <laughs> they're, they're fine. Their families can take care of them. Yeah. They're <laughs> they fine. know how. I, I, I just... Uh, when you were reading out the name of that, I thought of uh, that It's Always Sunny episode, and I was just like, imagine the document called, like, the Donkey Brains Doctrine or something like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. But that was that's the time we're in. I, maybe I should have put that up in the top, actually, but whatever. We saw a big therapy boom in the 60s, and Lucy's clearly capitalizing on this therapy thing, you know. And the themes of Charlie Brown are heavy 60s current events mm -hmm. as well, always. People are going to therapy, capitalism's on the rise, censorship is all over the place. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't really deal with censorship so much since they were a family cartoon, but mm -hmm. it does deal with uh, the media is run by corporations okay. you know, type of shit. The capitalization of your entertainment, and the Charlie Brown Christmas special is about the capitalization of Christmas. Interesting. Christmas has lost its original meaning, and now it's just a big money grab. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. been a while since I've seen this. I actually don't watch this okay. every year, uh, so it's your... You're sparking, you're sparking neurons in my sparky, head, just like the electric chair does. <laughs> firing up some neurons that uh, have been dormant for a while. I'm remembering this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Deb, because when's the, the last time you saw it. When was the last time I saw the peanut special? Yeah. Mm, maybe two years ago, I think. You know, okay, it's on. Gotcha. It switches every other year between the Christmas special and the Thanksgiving special. So there'll be like one of the two that I'll usually catch on TV or something or sit out with the fam and throw on. Mm, gotcha. But um, it's a good yeah, thing yeah. to have on when you're like, if you guys ever cook or bake. I like making pies, mm -hmm. ironically enough. I like baking pies. 
So mm. nice. why don't just do that for a couple hours? You know, you got that running, got some jingles playing. It's dope. Hell yeah, for sure. Put you in the mood. Um, right. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm starting to remember this now though because it was the whole thing about the tree and like. Yeah. It's a thing about the tree. Yeah. Uh, uh, you go into the tree in this a little, little bit. Okay, recap yeah. him. I actually don't go into it a lot, but yeah, apparently in the 60s it was a big thing. I mean, I. Uh, well, I mean, that was the whole like commercialization thing. It's like his tree was pathetic and because he didn't spend enough money right, on it. Exactly. If he had spent more money, yeah, he'd have were, a happier holiday instead of a shitty holiday. And the alternative was literally a metal tree. <laughs> it was a metal, spray painted, like glossy tree. And those were yeah. big in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Made out behind. of like lead and all kinds of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the most toxic shit in the world. Like I say, um, that was a thing, and it's funny that I even say that because somebody out there listening is like, "What do you mean that was a thing? That was like the thing, yeah. you know?" Somebody out there listening, dude, we do not have anyone in a retirement home listening. To we this got that forty to sixty crowd. We got that forty to sixty did, crowd out there. Did you or any of your parents ever make a beer tree? No, my dad. I, this was before I was born. It was like when, back in his like bachelor days, like uh, when he was like in his twenties or whatever. Him and his buddies made a Christmas tree out of beer cans. That's amazing. And yeah, that's this, awesome. this motherfucker was it. tall. We kind of did that in college. It was just a beer castle, though. It wasn't a tree. I mean, it was shaped like a Christmas tree. Oh, dude, castle's <laughs> sick. Yeah, yeah, but. He would always show me this. Uh, he would always show me the picture of the beer tree, oh my and my God. mom would be like, "Why are you showing the eight-year-old the picture of your beer tree <laughs> from your twenties?" He came back from the liquor store. <laughs> See how many times he came back from the liquor store? He built a <laughs> whole build tree out tree. of them. <laughs> oh, oh my yeah. God! But yeah. Lucy is clearly a symbol here for capitalism as well. When Charlie puts, she has like a little tin can, you know, that she's collecting the money, the nickels for, and Charlie throws a nickel in there, and she's just like shaking it around. She's like, oh, yeah, the sweet sound of fucking cashola, baby. You know what I'm saying? And she's, she's real into money. And Dude, these kids got real Ed and Eddie energy. Yeah, is- for sure. Yeah, these kids. But uh, this, these are '60s kids, man. They were. Uh, my dad's in Nam. I already know about the world. You know what I mean? I know I got to start making money now. They're hustling, he, dude. If he gets back, he's not going to be able to provide for us anyway because the government won't help him at all. Okay, that's a whole different subject. Uh, but Lucy's actually a good therapist. <laughs> Probably that's why she knows the world. She tells Charlie that just the fact that he came for help means he's not too far gone, which I thought was very important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a Charlie Brown, even though she also tortures his ass. But basically, she was saying that some people are just too nuts for therapy. <laughs> Luckily, you are not. So come step right up. And uh, she tells him maybe he's suffering from fear. And she lists off a bunch of phobias. You know, these were all phobias that we were talking about at the time. She says, are you afraid of cats? You have alorophobia. Maybe it's climacophobia, the fear of stairs. Thalassophobia, the fear of the ocean. Or gephyrophobia, the fear of bridges. Or maybe in your case, it's pantophobia, the fear of everything. And that's when Charlie Brown's like, that's it! You know, I'm, I'm afraid of everything! <laughs> but he says, it's none of that, he's just let down by Christmas. And Lucy says, you need involvement. And she tells him that they're doing a Christmas play in the auditorium of the school. Why don't you just come direct this thing? Which was a wild leap. Yeah, come direct the whole play because you need to be involved in Christmas more. You know? <laughs> so, so be the director of the play. Yeah, and if this doesn't go well, you're gonna be even you're more gonna sad. Be way more depressed. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> uh, the new Sunny episode of Making Lethal Weapon Seven. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and and Charlie even tells her like, I don't know how to fucking direct shit, and she's like, I don't care. You need to be involved in Christmas. Yeah. She probably just wanted to see him fail. She loves to hate Charlie, so <laughs> she tells him she too feels depressed every year for the holidays because she never gets what she really wants. Has it's always Sunny not done a peanut spoof yet with Charlie? day as like charlie like as playing charlie brown i don't know and d's like the the person who tortures charlie like guys (laughs) come on come on (laughs) it's right there (laughs) all right but she says she's she too feels depressed every year for the holidays and he's like why is that she says she always she always wanted real estate is what she really wants. Nobody ever gives her this that. This is a weird child. <laughs> yeah. She's going to be a CEO one day. That's the thing. She's going to be on she's going to be the main character of Succession one day, you know. It'd be fucking Lucy from Charlie Brown. If they cast like a clearly Lucy from Charlie Brown, she's got black hair and her mm-hmm. name's Lucy, we know what happened. You know, we know that Succession is actually in the same universe as Charlie Brown now. Cool. So Good. <laughs> That's the setup, though. That's that's literally this thing is thirty minutes long. So yeah, more that's that, the whole setup. It, yeah. Any more than that is going to ruin it for you. Uh, it is. It's on Apple TV right now. Oh, cool. Yeah, Apple TV owns Charlie Brown now. I guess. Wait, really? Yeah, I mean, I guess every year it gets passed around. That's every year this out. thing is fucking damn near impossible to find. Apple TV has it right now. I think last year I had to like stream it from my toaster or some <laughs> shit. I can't even remember. It's like it was on Toastcast. But that is the funny thing we're going to get into is the reason for that is because this anti-capitalistic Christmas special was some of the most capitalist shit I've ever heard of ever. The way that this thing this thing was brought to you by capitalists. Yeah, for something that's that's a, a capitalist critique, it sure is good at making money. It's fucking printing. <laughs> yeah, the baby. whole thing is like Charlie's dealing with seasonal depression due to the commercialism and greed of Christmas, and his friends aren't making it any better. Snoopy's decorating his doghouse and big gaudy lights for a lights and display com- competition. Charlie's little sister Sally is just asking for money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like writing a letter to Santa, like, yeah. if you could just send me some cash, that'd be great. <laughs> and uh, they're even selling these, like, those, the weird Christmas trees, the metallic ones that you were talking mm-hmm. about, you know. And uh, I, I think all this was totally lost on me as a kid. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I was think, just like cartoon and Christmas like. Yeah, I, don't think I, I sort of understood what they were saying because I was also a Christian kid. Mm-hmm. And they were basically saying, like, the true meaning of, of Christmas is family and Jesus. You know? <laughs> was it explicitly uh, religious? Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it okay. was religious. It, it, that's a big deal. Mm. Um, and again, I hate to keep saying it, but that's, yeah, but uh, that that does come into play here. But, but yeah, Charlie is like this, um, he wants the true meaning of spirit. He doesn't get one of those newfangled trees. He gets... The old school famous tree. I actually have one at my house, oh, like really? the Charlie Brown Christmas tree, and I put it up every year because I love it. But it's less mm-hmm. of a tree and more of just like a twig. And check this out: when he shows up with this tree, this is what the kids say to him: "Boy, are you stupid, Charlie Brown? What kind of tree is that?" They all go around. This is different mm-hmm. kids saying the shit. You were supposed to get a good tree. Can't you tell a good tree from a shitty tree, you piece of shit? I told you guys he'd goof it up. He's not the kind you can depend on to do anything right. You're hopeless, Charlie Brown. Completely hopeless. Oh, my God. And then Lucy just comes in with a fucking one-two... You've been dumb before, Charlie Brown, but this time you really did it, you stupid sack of shit. And that's his therapist. <laughs> that's his therapist. 
<laughs> Charlie's just like, drats. <laughs> drats. Guess I'll go kill myself. They all laugh at him. They, the, the next, like, 30 seconds is them all just like, ah, ha, ha, you stupid sack of shit. Even Snoopy, his fucking dog, is, like, laughing at him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, why is that kid always so sad? I don't understand. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> why does this kid have self-esteem issues? I why does he need therapy? He's, Charlie Brown's gonna like bring a gun to school. Uh, yeah, know, like. dude, he's he's a prime candidate. <laughs> the FBI should be watching Charlie Brown. Yeah, yeah. They should be monitoring his Facebook, no doubt about it. But uh <laughs> Don't worry, though, Charlie. They all come fucking crawling back in the end of this special. It should be called They Always Come Crawling Back, Charlie Brown. You know, That's basically every Charlie Brown special. Um, it's like, we fucking hate you. But then I guess it's the same thing as Rudolph. Rudolph yeah. was also like fucking yeah. brutally made fun of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the end, they're all like, actually, he's cool because like, the he's, boss man likes him. Yeah, and he did, he did a thing that we need. Yeah, he's we now useful he's to necessary. us. He's <laughs> necessary. Yeah, he's useful. That was the message the kid in the 60s. Also, Rudolph was also the 60s. It was uh, like, yeah. you're going to get made fun of unless you're useful. Until you Be provide useful. value to the society you live in. If you're a nerd, you learn computers. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta make yourself fucking useful to the society. Go to Nam, is what they were saying. Go to Nam. You won't get made fun of if you go nah. fight for our country. Nam was all Pigpen, bro. <laughs> no, Pigpen is major Nam energy. That kid just with a cloud of dirt around him. I bet the Pig Marines were like, go ahead and ship him out. He's ready. Pigpen um, was the fucking crazy guy in the helicopter of Full Metal Jacket. That's who he was. <laughs> Yes, dude, definitely. Pigpen definitely would have been shipped off right away. No <laughs> doubt about it. He's going with his dad. Oh yeah, wait, didn't didn't Snoopy's doghouse turn into a fighter plane at some yeah, point? Yeah, yeah. Snoopy yeah. was the Red Baron. He oh fly yeah, around a red plane. That's and, right. Yeah, yeah. Snoopy. Oh, was, yeah, that's right. They made him into like the World War One German ace pilot, the Red Baron. Why did they make him uh, on the Axis powers? Well, so it wasn't the Axis yet. It wasn't Hitler this was and all World of them. War One. They were just. The yeah, Germans. I mean, they were, they were just Germany. Yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> this Peanuts episode has a heavy, like, war tragedy vibe to it, for sure. No wonder. It's, yeah, we're dun, doing this dun, on the dun, anniversary dun, of Pearl Every Christmas. Every Christmas, about three weeks before Christmas, you get a real heavy war vibe. Pearl Harbor, always never forget. Always never forget. <laughs> I'll tell you the history now about Peanuts. Okay. We'll get into it. We'll start getting into the thick here about Peanuts, but definitely go watch it. Go turn this thing on. You're going to love it. It's going to make you all christmas up for sure. Definitely slather you down with some Christmas KY. Christmas spell the K-Y. Uh, <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> Peanuts was a, or is, a syndicated daily and Sunday American comic strip written and illustrated originally by Charles M. Schultz. Uh, the strip's original run extended from 1950 to 2000. Whoa! Yeah. Continuing in reruns afterward, Peanuts is among the most popular and influential in the history of comic strips with 17,897 strips published in all. 
It is the, arguably, some say, the longest story ever told by one human being. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a fun way to put that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This man told the longest story ever that we that recorded <laughs> not to uh not to get hung up on semantics but if it was a everyday and sunday comic isn't sunday one of the everydays ah, hey that's a good that's, you know every well i i i actually have an answer for that believe it or not everyday awesome. comics were black and white and Sunday comics were in color. Ah. Yeah. And that ran up until I was a kid. I read the fucking Sunday comics as a kid. I don't know. I, again, you're, I, a lot of therapy needed for this. But uh, <laughs> no, not really. I'm, I'm proud of it, Dan. I read those comics every Sunday. But yeah, it was black and white in the, during the week. It was in color on Sunday. Then were the rules. So mm. Sunday comics were different. Sunday mm. was uh, prime time, baby. Mm. Like, Sunday comics were... You know the the Jay Leno spot. You know, I remember getting Newspapers? excited to read those as a kid. It would be like Saturday morning cartoons, and Absolutely. then I would race to go get the Sunday morning paper in yeah. the morning and no, just so pull out the comic section. Came every day. Yeah, yeah. You'd get the every single morning news. Yeah. How is there enough? Shit oh, to print man. every single day. That, this is just, have a fucking TV and Twitter and shit. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, you mean like the they would print them every single night at like two, three a.m. They was, and they all every issue had new shit in it. Yeah, it wasn't every just issue, every reruns morning. of things oh my that happened God. hours ago. Yeah, well, people hours listening ago? are screaming through <laughs> the fucking hilarious. phones right now. <laughs> no, actually, this is an interesting topic. We will we'll get into the history of newspapers one day. <laughs> but yeah, at least doing a hearse things. episode, probably. <laughs> I mean, there's there is definitely like there is stuff published on the internet every day, but I, not a whole fucking books. I mean, there I there know. is, but like. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it's, that seems like... Because those things were long as shit, weren't they? It's a crazy-ass industry. I'll blow your mind one step further. After World War One in the, in the Roaring Twenties, there was so much fake news in the news that uh, Congress had an act that was created that required right. any news outlet to deliver 80% of the news completely factual and unbiased. Yeah. And only twenty percent could be subjective in opinion. Editorial, based. yeah, only twenty yeah. percent, not even editorial. And then, just like good you know. old, good old Billy C. There getting some head in the White House is the one who walked that bitch back, and that's where we get. <laughs> we can have a that's where bit we get CNN news. and Fox News from. They didn't wow, exist wow. until that act was repealed. Wow. So you know what God. would really be good for the country right now? Maybe getting some fucking news acts back in here. Wow, salacious <laughs> fake news. That's I, I, what we need. Like I want to go. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do an experiment where I'm going to check CNN every day, and I'm going to see how many new you articles can't do CNN. are published, <laughs> and I'm going to see if it would fill CNN up a newspaper. I don't know if it would. Like, yeah. it's, That's a lot of new articles to be published every single day. Yeah. Do yourself Bro, a favor. those articles are just all opinion pieces. They're not real news. You should just do a local news story one, or like yeah. r- routers there's or Associated Press even or something. There's definitely not enough shit to fill up a newspaper every single day. Is there? Are you no kidding? Part? There's yeah. 100%. Dude, you, this oh, was, because yeah. you gotta think they had sections, so they had like world news, they had their business, their travel, their sports, mm-hmm. then they had local, everything local. So it would be the same as you watching... You yeah. know, a nightly it would be more information than watching the one hour nightly news. It would be like yeah. watching, you know, what KCLA for fucking ten hours and oh, you yeah. see and all from, the stories. From from about two thousand sixteen until now, the newspapers are thick. 
<laughs> we have a lot of news going on these days, mm. for sure. Yeah, I yeah. guess that's true. Yeah, and you could still get one. You can go to Hollywood Boulevard right now and pull a newspaper out of a... Really? You know, yeah. Get it. They, they had these things called now. newspaper stands where there was so yeah. much news, they filled up an entire stand with it <laughs> yeah, and exactly. nudie mags. <laughs> <laughs> but during this time, the paper was the fucking, you know, that was the shit. I mean, you were paying top dollar for advertisements in the newspaper, depending on where you put it, you know. And uh, this was when Peanuts was running. That's why it got so huge. Peanuts became, it was a, uh, a local thing at first that Charles Schultz was kind of throwing around. And then in 1950, got nationally syndicated. He became the Sunday, and it became everyone's favorite. Peanuts became everyone's, like, go-to Sunday morning reading or every day if you wanted to just mm -hmm. read the smaller ones. And that was what you'd kind of do. You'd kind of put in the smaller, like, uh, maybe throwaway ideas on Monday or Tuesday but then you would progressively get better through the week, and then Sunday was your big one. Sunday, if you had a, you knew what was going on in the Sunday one. You probably already have it somewhere, but you're saving it to release it on Sunday. Mm, you know okay. what I mean? It's a very interesting industry. One day, I actually do want, maybe for Patreon, it'd be like the mm -hmm. history of the news or whatever. But <laughs> newspapers, cool. are, newspapers are kind of fascinating to me. But, yeah. Um, and yeah, Peanuts, this one ran in over 2,600 newspapers, with a readership of around 355 million people, and it, then it went to 75 countries, and it was translated into 21 languages, and it helped to cement the four-panel gag strip as the standard in the U.S., Whoa, yeah. really? Yeah, this was like, everybody started doing it because it became so successful that they all started following suit and this became like the standard. So I'm sorry, so you said it started in a it started in like a local paper? Yeah. Which lo which locality? Actually, which let me see. Was it like a big district like a New York or an LA or a Boston? I would or bet or? that it started from the bottom and now it's here. Now it's here. Is that <laughs> Peanut well originally it was called Lil Folks. And uh, Lil Folks, L I L Folks. And it was originally Schultz's hometown newspaper, the St. Paul Pioneer Press, from 1947 to 1950. And it, it, that was three years, and then he got picked up. He got nationally syndicated after that. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's, it, I don't, it, it went to America first, got quickly nationally popular, and it, then it went to 75 countries, 355 okay. million people. And, so, uh, so how does that work? They just they they send it out to all the local papers in the network. Yeah, I'm assuming local papers are probably owned by like a bigger news corporation. Right, it's like they're okay. affiliates. Okay, yeah, be, it it uh, like Dev was saying, it's a lot like TV news. Actually, you start out small, but like even you know like our uh, our Brandon Mississippi news affiliate, I think was with CBS, and then oh, okay. that would so if you became if you become really good at anchoring for your local news affiliate, you mm -hmm. might get picked up by a they bigger network. And okay. then it's the whole premise do. of Anchorman. Right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. local TV lady comes to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. and uh, that's kind of the same what happened here with these newspapers, you know, these comic strips mm -hmm. where, like I said, I mean, the Sunday paper was like prime time. Mm -hmm. If you can get a nationally syndicated Sunday morning news comic strip going... You're a millionaire. And like so, you, get, you become filthy rich off of this shit. Some would argue, but how do you distribute it nationally on a daily basis? There's no email. 
Again, that's uh, the process of, of newspapers being printed is going to have to be another episode. That's, I, I they have fax machines and shit, Drake. I mean, yeah, they, they did, did have, have fucking like, like computers. They weren't in the Stone Age. Yeah, they were landing yeah, yeah. on the moon. Hunter S. Thompson was talking about the Rolling Stones fax machine. Oh, yeah, we're landing so. on the moon, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Drake's like, how could they send a cartoon from one coast they're more, to the other? He's more coding how to... Back Back at us from fucking Apollo, you know, 15 or whatever. Oh, that's hilarious. I. This is why we're doing this show. Look, look didn't they have TV? They had TV in the 60s. Couldn't, couldn't they just take a fucking TV image of it? Would somebody have another TV in New York, you know? Oh, okay, copy this down. Like, oh my god, that's hilarious. I'm just up in there. That's okay, hilarious. <laughs> it became a billion dollar in in uh, franchise together with its merchandise. Uh, as of today, the the Charlie Brown and Peanuts and Snoopy brand has become has made over one billion dollars, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> a lot more than that. I have the actual number. Uh, let me know. Let me know. Okay, it doesn't come up anywhere else in your research. No, no. So a little while ago, there was a really fascinating article that was uh, came out on some website called Title Max, and I don't uh, I don't know uh, specifically what this website does, but this was going around while the top twenty five highest grossing media franchises of all time. Do you guys want to guess uh, where Peanuts came in on a list of? One to twenty-five. Where did Peanuts rank? Shit, it's gotta be. I'm gonna say like number four. Yeah, I'd say like five. Twenty-four. What? It just made the cut. Oh my god! But to date, I had a four, right? Yeah. <laughs> to date, it has grossed seventeen billion point four two eight. Seventeen point two four eight billion dollars. The man. Okay, made- what is the number one in the that, that dollar amount? Uh, you mean like, uh, like what? So they do break down wh- where the money was made. Mm. So a large, large portion of it is merchandise. Right. Yeah. Uh, almost entirely merchandise, in yeah, fact. Yeah, for sure. $17.143 is merchandise. Wow. Um, and then the other ones, uh, the numbers are kind of small, but it looks like a blue and a green. Home entertainment and book sales, I think, are how the other two are quantified. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, but if it's so. number twenty-four, I meant what was the number one? Oh, the highest and grossing then media how franchise much of all time. Yeah. The, high, the highest grossing media franchise of all time is Pokemon. Oh wow! Okay. Grossing ninety-two point one two one billion dollars. Damn, Whoa. that's got to be from merch too. That's crazy. It's a large, a large percentage of it's from merchandise. But yeah. I'm happy to hear about the seventeen billion for peanuts. That's so. I mean, just think about that. Like a guy in St. Paul <laughs> made a Sunday morning paper strip, comic strip in nineteen forty-seven. And now it is seventeen billion dollar. Like he didn't know that would happen. Yeah, there's yeah, no yeah, way. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so just to give you a little about what the Peanuts cartoons were, you know, all about and stuff. They were mostly about Charlie Brown, but featured all of his friends and classmates as well. You had Linus Van Pelt, the thumb sucking philosophical, you know, philosopher. He's like a rapper basically, and he never parts <laughs> with that security blanket. He's the one who carries the blanket around all the time. Mm-hmm. Another big '60s thing. Like security blankets were very much a mm-hmm. '60s therapy method. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was like something carry around something that gives you comfort if you have discomfort of the mind. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah, like a <laughs> discomfort of the mind. It was all very Rod Serling. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Lucy Van Pelt, Charlie's bully that we discussed earlier. 
she's Linus's sister. They're the Van Pelts. And they have another brother named Rerun, but he was only in the comics. He never made it on screen anywhere. A lot of these characters. Uh, uh, the characters that you see in the specials are mm. like uh, one quarter of the cast of the comic strips. Really? Yeah. He had okay. a huge list of characters that because i mean this thing ran from 50 to 2000 right when he died. yeah 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 i could make up new characters yeah, he was writing shit how do you all... not run out of stories to tell about weird kids that hate capitalism said... or love capitalism i'm still confused with the kids think about capitalism I I, me too well i'm still confused <laughs> about what he thought about capitalism <laughs> he's but, uh, like i hate it so i hate it like, give later. me money yeah <laughs> 70 million dollars later i hate that i have to be capitalist <laughs> but i gotta <laughs> gotta make that money daddy needs some new shoes but uh <laughs> sounds like Randy Marsh. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy needs some new pair of shoes. And then there's Charlie's sister, Sally, who is uh, in unrequited love with Linus. And um, she's like, she's written like a very uh, money hungry. I mean, she too will someday be a CEO, basically. <laughs> she's all about that fucking dollar bill, you know. And oh, we were talking about Pigpen. He's the dirty kid at school. Constantly walks around in a cloud of his own filth. We all remember that kid at school, the stinky kid, you know. And <laughs> I think uh, I think maybe they should have called someone to check on Pigpen at home, you know. It's like the kid is coming to school covered in dirt every day. His dad definitely beats him. Yeah, or he's a numb. Yeah. His dad's a numb. He definitely lives in a trailer park. <laughs> I think one of those walk, walk, walk adults should have called child protection services. Pigpen is the precursor to Kenny. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Kenny is Pigpen. Why did why did the parents talk like that? So they made it a, a point that there would be no adults, uh, not even an adult actor uh, ever. It was all for kids, made by kids, basically. And it was a kid's world, and adults have no part in this. This is all okay. kids... Uh, yeah. Train of thought, and that was why all the adults—you don't see their faces, and you just see. Was that wah, the wah. first cartoon to do that? Yeah, because that was a trend for even cartoons when I was growing up. They never showed the adults' faces. Interesting. Like sometimes they would talk, yeah. but you never see their faces. I don't know. Right. I, I don't know if that was the first one or not. I mean, uh, I always associated it with Charlie Brown for sure. You know, and mm. I think most people do. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely was the most popular one to do that method. And uh, possibly a bigger star than Charlie Brown, the real fucking face of the franchise here. We got Snoopy, Charlie's mischievous genius dog who always has some crazy schemes going on. Snoopy evolves into a, a, a capitalistic monster at some point, you know. <laughs> and apparently a German fighter pilot. Yeah, a German fighter pilot, uh, a magical dog. He never speaks. Snoopy's never said a word. He just makes like weird noises and shit. Yeah. yeah. He's got a bird yeah. friend too, right? Yeah, he's got a wood Woodstock, Woodstock. his bird friend yes. uh who also shows up in some of the specials here and there. But uh, I think he was introduced like a little bit later. I think Woodstock was more of a probably after Woodstock. Yeah, happened. his bird named after a drug festival. Yeah, yeah, a bird <laughs> named after a drug orgy. A Travis <laughs> the Scott 60s. concert. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I, I bet you good old Sparky went to uh, Woodstock. He, it's, uh, this 
cartoon sounds like something out of the creativeness yeah. of from psychedelics. You know? This definitely lived more in the '60s psychedelic sphere, like uh, this kind of like the Far Side, kind of yeah. like you know some of yeah. that that era stuff. And that's the interesting thing. I think that's one of the reasons why it got so popular is because it absolutely lives in this weird trippy '60s vibe where it was like. It was very liberal and very, you know, quote unquote hippie at times, but also very conservative and kid friendly and family friendly, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I think he was capturing both sides of the aisle here with what he was making. It was like he wasn't overtly. I think he was. I don't know. He was trying to inject a little bit of politics without Mm -hmm. uh, leaning too heavy. Yeah, he was. He was no Dr. Seuss. Why was? Why was it called? Uh, peanuts. So that's a funny. That is a funny story. He fucking hated the title of this thing. Peanuts was originally sold under the title of Little Folks that mm-hmm. he had, but uh, that had been used before. So somebody had already made a Little Folks, even though it wasn't that popular. It already had the name. So they uh, they had to think of another title, like kind of on the fly. And he said, we had to think of another title. I couldn't think of one. And somebody at United Features, that's the people who run the Mm -hmm. newspaper comics, somebody at United Features came up with the miserable title Peanuts, which I hate and have always hated. It has no dignity and it's not descriptive. What could I do? Here I was, an unknown kid from St. Paul. I couldn't think of anything else. I said, why don't we call it Charlie Brown? And the president said, well, we can't copyright a name like that. I didn't ask them about the comics already called Nancy or Steve Canyon. I was in no <laughs> position to argue. So they already have comics that are people's names, yeah. but for some reason they're giving him like, no, we can't do that. We can't make a, a comic named after someone. But uh, <laughs> So um, also, uh, did, do you know anything about like the ownership? Does he own this franchise? Does he own any part of it? Does he get any points on the $71 billion, or is that all the media company? Did anyone buy Peanuts? I'm sure his, if he has an estate, like if he had kids and grandkids and whatever, then I'm sure that they, for a period of time at least, maintained you know some kind of... I mean, he wrote yeah. this for the newspaper. Did the newspaper it's just all, own it outright? Well, no, no, but it's still signed by him. Yeah, Every one of those things is him. like... yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's still his. It's his. It's his IP for okay. sure. Um, I mean, I imagine they're all set for life, but I also <laughs> would imagine that a lot of networks own a big chunk of this. Sure, because you know, like I said, they all pass it around. I yeah. actually don't know. I don't know about the current ownership of uh, Peanuts and stuff. Uh, and is 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 he still alive? No, he died in two thousand. Ah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, did he ever make any other cartoons? No, he didn't make anything besides uh, Charlie Brown. He he was a Charlie Brown guy. Still one trick pony. He's a one trick. He was a one Will Rogers pony. <laughs> um. I, I have a little bit of information. Okay, cool. So today, Peanuts Worldwide, the company that owns the rights to all things Snoopy, Charlie Brown, Lucy, and so on, has three owners: a company called Wild Brain, uh, which is the majority owner, uh, plus Sony Music and uh, the family of Charles Schultz. Okay. Cool. So it's it's co-owned by his family and then two other companies. One of them being Sony Music. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Um. You may have heard about the deal Peanuts Worldwide Inc. Uh. Oh, the deal that Peanuts Worldwide inked with Apple in 2018 to bring all of the brand's original series and specials, uh, to Apple TV. I see. Gotcha. So they they have a deal with Apple, but uh, but yeah. 
Um, so that's cool that the family has been able to, to yeah. maintain ownership. I'm glad to hear that. Um, and I'm reading this off of a Fortune article. So I mean, they must they they must have made a billion dollars. They that's what uh, yeah. one article one of the articles I I read said that Schultz made a billion dollars. But mm. I don't you know you never quite yeah. know. But I'm sure he I'm sure his family has made at least that <laughs> off of this seventy one billion dollar franchise. If they're like a third of the ownership, yeah, know, that sounds. I mean, like off a of a comic strip, that's crazy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's no, that's like one of the biggest turnarounds in history. It has to be, you know, <laughs> like the cheapest thing to make ever, you know, like for that turnaround. Yeah, and honestly, like I, I'll, I'll say this, uh, and I don't mean to be a dick about this. Uh, they're, they're very cute cartoons. They're very, you know, they're very nice. But I, I don't really understand why this is so popular that it is worth 17 billion dollars over you know right. over the years i mean it's How just dare you? It's, it's, <laughs> it's cute art but it's simple and i just like i feel like there's I've, there's a lot of other things that like look more interesting or seem more marketable i what, what was it about this that well, like well i think it's cuter now than it used to be back back when this thing started schultz was he was throwing he would tackle a bunch of topics you know this was a very topical cartoon Back in the day, over the years, he tackled everything from Vietnam to school dress codes, even to uh, new math. They were doing a new math at the time, too, just like they're doing now. He was tackling that. Um, he One strip in New 19- math? Yeah. What do you mean? Like three plus three equals five? Yeah, that was like about? the new math at the time. I don't know much about the 60s new math, but it was new. It, it was new at the time. Are people... you sure you're not trying to say nude math? Is it nude math? <laughs> that would have been a different uh, cartoon. <laughs> that would have been for a different magazine. Uh, they, they, always, they always change the processes of, of, of... The rules of math don't change, but the way we teach it and the way... We go through operations to get results uh, change over time. I think in an effort to make it simpler to kids, but then there's always a backlash from adults to be yeah. like, well, I'll learn right, it man. differently. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, okay, well, maybe your kid understands it better this way. I don't know. Well, I did a movie in the Is eight- this when they tried to impart the metric system on America and everyone was like, ha, fuck you. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> yeah, probably. I did a movie in the 80s called Nude Math for some uh, rent money once. but uh, <laughs> That movie would have been highly illegal and considered child porn. <laughs> it was. I was watching a Christmas special. But yeah, one strip in 1962 had an icon that stated, Defend Freedom by U.S. Savings Bonds. And in 1963, he added a little boy named Five to the cast whose sisters were named three and four and whose father had changed their name to their zip code. And it was this thing about we're giving into the way numbers were, you know, taking over people's identities. We're just phone numbers and zip codes now, man. He had a real thing about, like, humanity going in this in this new weird way. You know? I, I wonder what his opinions on the metaverse would be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, yeah, not good, not good. He would not he would that's why he died in two thousand. He's like, this shit's getting too weird for me. I'm out. I broke but, uh, I broke out of the years starting with ones. I've been on this planet too long. <laughs> But also, again, like I was saying earlier, he straddled this line, right, of being like, you know, kind of hippie and stuff. But also in 1963, one strip showed Sally being secretive about school prayer. And this was in reference to the Supreme Court decision on it that year. Um, it was that this was when they said no more prayer in schools in 1963. Uh, okay. There was a big war between church and state going on. Mm. And uh, he was. He was, he was honestly, he was putting in a little bit of Christian 
propaganda. <laughs> propaganda. Uh, he was he was putting in some Christian morals into this thing. Okay, you know? he I was, see. He was showing Sally Christian Christmas magic. Yeah, some Christmas magic. <laughs> He's like and the real Red Scare is when Christians were persecuted. That's kind of and that. I mean, when you watch a Christmas Carol, it was a big deal. It had a Christian scene in it, and he was all about this. And I mean, you know, you can imagine the reactions. And again, the reason why it gets so popular is that everybody's like, "Look, this this cartoon is about how Sally has to hide her prayers in school." I didn't That's know there was ever a time where there was a prayer time for school. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it, this oh, is, yeah. It's still you an know, argument. Right around the pleasure allegiance and stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. Sit, moment of silence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we do the moment of silence where people we can do, pray if they want to. But we I would just, do the Lord's well, prayer. That's what it was. Really? In the morning, it we, was always a prayer thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, the moment, the moment of silence, of silence is always. ambiguously. Re- I mean, it's 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 there's now, religious ideas yeah. to it, but it's like I, I just used it to stare at a ceiling for a couple of minutes until I could talk again. That's because you're lost as a youth, Drake, and you're full of sin. <laughs> no, yeah, we did prayer in school in Mississippi when I was a little kid in elementary school. We did the Lord's Prayer, and then we would say our Pledge of Allegiance. We'd say hello to God, and then we would swear our loyalty to our fucking country, and then we were allowed to one learn. nation under God, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I pledge allegiance to everyone around me. I, I am not a, a free-willed person, that is for sure. They wanted to make sure that the kids knew that right off the bat. Because you want young Marines. Yeah, you have yeah, to have yeah, young yeah. Marines. You know, yeah. you got to start them off at like five, and in 13 years, they'll be ready to go fight for us. Yeah, absolutely. Know? God and country. God they're, and they're, saying, they're saying the Lord's Prayer, the Pledge of Allegiance, and then they're saying, this is my rifle. There are many like it, but this one is mine. We would do, we would do the rifle routine in the mornings every morning. <laughs> I pledge allegiance, and also we're going back to Vietnam. The fight's not yet over yet. <laughs> this is my book. There are many like it, but this one is mine. Uh, <laughs> there was nothing wrong with Vietnam. Amen. <laughs> Amen. God created Vietnam. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in 1958, <laughs> in 1958, a strip in which Snoopy uh, tossed Linus into the air and boasted that he was the first dog ever to launch a human parodied the hype associated with the Sputnik 2's launch of Leica the dog into space earlier that year. That was the year they oh, launched yeah. the dog into space. Oh, what, <laughs> what the, the dog, dog doing? doing? <laughs> Going to space. <laughs> yeah. Did that dog come back? Uh, actually, Deb, did it? Did, that dog died, right? I think, I think the dog passed Away, I, but I well, I mean, eventually at this point, yeah, afterward. I would assume the dog is dead, but did the dog die in space no, or did the dog come back I, down I and die on no, Earth? I, it died in space. I mean, I think it died in space, but I'll double check. It died in space. <laughs> uh, the Smithsonian Magazine has an article called The Sad, Sad Story of Laika the Space Dog. This Christmas special that we're putting on here for film history has been... Look, it's had some dips in it, okay? <laughs> Laka was a stray dog found on the streets of Moscow, captured and put into the fucking oh Sputnik size. Bro, that poor that dog ball. had Dude, no idea okay. what was happening. It died like, in low I'm gonna, orbit in 1957. Yeah, I'm going to share this screen so you <gasps> guys can see how happy like the, this dog is when he's sitting in this... Uh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Look at how happy this motherfucker is right here. <laughs> yep. He does not know what's coming. 
<laughs> he is so thrilled. He, he just got a treat. He's like sitting in this oh comfy thing. God, he's not on the dog, streets dude. anymore. That's so sad. Yeah, he's so cute. He was like, it very Those quickly cold went from fucking heartless Russians. Sorry. <laughs> he very quickly went from the first dog in space to the first death in space. <laughs> yeah. What? What? Why did he do that? Because they're crazy. They're Russian. Because <laughs> they're Russian. <laughs> they're Russian. Yeah. <laughs> they don't care about you or your life or your dog. <laughs> we want to be the first ones to kill a dog in space. They were like, monkey uh, too hard to get. I can't get monkey in Serbia. We have dog. We have straight dog. dog that, around. It's like, dog. that's an epitome of communism right there. They just couldn't afford a fucking monkey. So they had to go get a stray dog, poor fucking dog, homeless dog off the street and torture it and murder it. What a great fucking world stunt for Kyle's. Hey, come over here, guys. We can't even afford test animals. <laughs> but, this is um, our dog. <laughs> our dog. Our dog. Not your dog. Our dog. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it we found him on our streets. <laughs> God. It became a very popular comic strip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So the very first iter- <laughs> the very first iteration of this comic strip, I want to do you the terrible thing where I read you a comic book, a comic strip out loud, the thing that you're not supposed to do. You know? Okay, yeah. The very first one that comes out, right? It's it's drawn way differently. It was not it, it was not what would land as you know what we know of as peanuts. But uh, the very first one is Charlie Brown running up to his two friends, and his friend goes, "Well, here comes old Charlie Brown." Good old Charlie Brown. Yes, sir. Good old Charlie Brown. And then Charlie Brown passes them, and he goes, How I hate him. So it was like, even the very first iteration, they were just dumping on Charlie. You know, <laughs> no love for Charlie Brown throughout the entire, his entire life, basically. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, terrible title or not, this thing became a huge hit. And by 1959, Charlie Brown was in Ford commercials selling the new Falcon. And he was opening for TV shows uh, with the help already of Bill Melendez. Bill Melendez would animate these things for the commercials and for the TV shows. He was an animator who had worked with Disney and he had worked with uh, like Hanna-Barbera. You know, he had worked with some big leagues at the time, Warner Brothers. And he was the one who would animate Charlie Brown for the big commercials. And uh, yeah, there were comic strips coming out. Like there was one called... (laughs) It's a Ford Falcon, Charlie Brown. And Lucy says, I don't believe it. What's the catch? Charlie says, there's no catch. Now anybody can go 36,000 miles between major lubrications and 6,000 miles between oil change and minor lubes. And Lucy says, there's got to be a catch in it somewhere. Charlie Brown says, oh, no, there isn't any catch. All you have to do is buy a Falcon wagon. (laughs) So they were... They had basically become, you know, look, they licensed it to Ford. I mean, they, this is so You gotta pay strange. the bills, bro. Yeah, yeah, gotta pay those are, bills. Are comic, were, were the comic strips in newspapers targeted towards kids, or were they, tar- did adults Fam- read these? Family. 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 Gather around the fireplace and yeah. read the Charlie Brown comics? Yeah, I mean, adults were reading it, too, because it was also, it, um, probably mostly adults were reading it. It was like a reverent commentary <sighs> okay. on it, but it because was kid-friendly. It seems so strange for a child mascot to be selling things that <laughs> children don't buy. Look at fucking uh, Hobbs. Uh, no, like, or, I, or it seems brilliant because when kids read that, when they grow up, they want a fucking Ford. Exactly. Like, yeah. I just, but imagine, uh, 
Imagine like if Johnny Bravo was in a fucking. Oh, he has been. I guarantee. There's no way Johnny Bravo was in like a was, was was in a Nissan commercial. I will find it right now. Johnny our, Bravo. Our childhood mascots didn't sell us things. In commercial. He was absolutely in a commercial. Uh, there was a Johnny Bravo commercial featuring Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Mud Angel. Let me see. Let me. I want to look for a biggin. A biggin. Um. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe they never did a Johnny Bravo commercial anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. even even stuff that kids ways are like. But you know, I just uh, got a meal from McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> you had uh, Calvin and Hobbes. You had the kid pissing on the the Ford logo. You know, uh, uh, yeah. they use Calvin and Hobbes for. That's interesting. It's though. only they, it's only people who like come from newspapers strips. that sell yeah, things. Yeah. yeah, comic strip people becoming <laughs> <laughs> soulless marketers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Say what you will about. Our, uh, about well, about our adventure time, but uh, he never he never was a slave to the capitalist dogs. Tic Tacs. <laughs> I mean, uh, Rugrats uh, has a partnership with Fila. Wow. And Champ Sporting Goods. Oh, so wow. so weird. Yeah, Strange. man, they've been selling shit to kids since since time immemorial, man. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but so this is where uh, so there's a guy out there at the time. His name's Lee Mendelson. He is a documentarian. Um, he he did this documentary. It was a huge baseball documentary. Really good, by the way, for baseball fans. And it was on baseball god Willie Mays. He did a documentary called A Man Named Mays. And uh, it's all about the history of baseball and Willie Mays. It was really cool. And he's the one who came up with this idea. Uh, he wanted to do a documentary on the Charlie Brown comic strip and how it became this thing that now is uh, selling Fords and you know, <laughs> has become this huge thing. And so he's, and the reason he thought of this one morning after the, the Willie Mays documentary had come out one morning, he's eating breakfast, reading the Sunday paper and he checked out the new peanut strip. And the premise of that day's strip was uh, something about Charlie Brown being the worst baseball player in the world. Like usual, you know, Charlie mm. Brown just gets the shit into the stick all the time. You're the Charlie Browniest, all that shit. <laughs> so Mendelssohn thinks, wouldn't it be cool to make a documentary on Charlie Brown? And it would be funny because he's the worst baseball player in the world, and I just did one about the best baseball player <laughs> in the world. That'd be hilarious, you know. Okay. All a bit. <laughs> So he reaches out to Sparky, and it uh, turns out Sparky is a huge baseball fan and a huge uh, fan of the documentary, the way the, the Willie Mays documentary. So he's all in. And, I mean, we now know that old Sparky was also just down to do anything that brought in the, the cash. You know? So he's like, yeah, absolutely. I like to make money. I'm used to it by now. I'm used to a certain lifestyle. <laughs> and I'd like to keep that up. I'd like to keep it up. I'd like to make more now. <laughs> next next coming down the pipeline, Charlie Brown douches for all your douche needs. <laughs> Charlie Brown tampons. Brought I, to you by Ford. So I, I don't I don't know who <laughs> Willie Mays is. Never heard of him oh. before. 
but oh my god, uh, the, but it sounds a lot like Billy Mays. Yeah, and so all I can picture is some <laughs> Billy Mays here for another fantastic home run. That documentary is a way different one. <laughs> documentary yeah. ends with a lot of cocaine and death. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Shout out, shout out, uh, Billy Mays Jr. is a friend of mine because they're from St. Pete and Tampa. Wait, really? <laughs> god, dude. Yeah. What the fuck are. is up with Tampa? He's a musician now. He's really good too. What? He's like. You know, him and his dad, they're they're dope. I mean, I don't know. I never met his dad. <laughs> the plan was to produce a half-hour documentary set on Peanuts, and Mendelssohn wanted to feature roughly one or two minutes of animation. So Schultz suggested Bill Melendez, who was already doing all of them for the commercials. Uh, he did a Ford commercial for him already. So they put together this documentary. They got the animator. They got Charles Schultz on board. They got the documentarian on board, and they go pitching this thing. And networks just were not into it. They what? Just, a documentary on comic strips, just not for us. Sorry, you know. I know the most money makingest comic strip there is. <laughs> you know, it's like I said, man. People fucking, <laughs> I <laughs> people. Always kick themselves. I, they they didn't know how to sell it. You know, these people are out here. Uh, everybody's everybody's stuck in their ways, and most of these big wigs will miss out on something huge because they really truly don't have vision. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the people who make decisions for what gets made, totally has no clue what's going on. And mm-hmm. this was one of them. It was uh, it was almost. Uh, Warner Brothers Home Alone. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it's who'd ever watch that? That'll never make money. <laughs> Fucking dumbass. But I, <laughs> well, that changed in April 9th, 1965. And I want to get specific with the dates here because, like I was saying, this thing was made so fast. April 9th, 1965. And just remember, this came out of Christmas, 1965. The new issue of Time Magazine comes out, and it's the cast of Peanuts on the cover of Time Magazine, all hanging around Snoopy's house. Um, and it's all about, it was this article all about how this is this huge new thing. It's taken over the world. Peanuts is here to stay, and it is only going to become bigger. And this is just after they had tried to pitch this shit for the last few years of a documentary about it. And everybody's like, that's nothing, you know. <laughs> so the morning it comes out, Middleson's phone rings. This is the story. And on the other side of the receiver is a man named John Allen, an agent at the New York-based McCann Erickson Agency. And they are one of the biggest ad agencies to ever exist. Still running today from 1912 is when they started. Huge advertising behemoth calls. Mm -hmm. And at the time, Coca-Cola was one of their biggest clients. And John Mendelson... John told... Mendelssohn that Coca-Cola wanted to do a televised Christmas special with Charlie Brown. And he asked, can you get old Sparky into the mix? Can we see what we can do here? But here's the catch. Quote, the bad news is, is that today is Wednesday. Coca-Cola needs an outline in Atlanta by Monday. Do you think you can get Charles Schultz on the phone and you guys can come up with something by Monday to do for Coca-Cola? So Lee called Sparky. Sparky's like, "Fuck yeah, let's make this money, baby." Uh, <laughs> he loved- Yo, give me that, give me that Coca Cola secret ingredient. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "I'll break out some Coca Cola right now. We'll get right on this." 
<laughs> and luckily for them, Sparky was also the type that the man wrote all day every day. He had he had already like kind of years of Peanuts comics ready to burn, you wow. know. Um, and he said he basically already had a series of comics that he was going to release during Christmas, and he kind of had the idea for the special right then and there, what it could be, you mm-hmm. know. And so. They all flew to San Francisco uh, to meet up with him. He was living in San Francisco. Um, not all of them at the time. Only Mendelssohn flew to San Francisco to his house. And uh, that day they flew in Bill Melendez as well. And Thursday they knocked out the entire outline of a Charlie Brown Christmas special. They mm-hmm. just wrote it right then and there. And it was like something something true meaning of christmas Mm -hmm. winter scenes a school play uh seen to be read from the bible and a soundtrack combining jazz and traditional music that Mm -hmm. was the outline then that they stuck to it like that Mm -hmm. was what came out you know it was ready by friday so they sent it to coca-cola early they were like you asked for this wednesday you wanted it by monday here it is on Friday. Wow. We're ready. We're fucking here. Mm. We're ready to fucking do Christmas, baby. <laughs> you know? And uh, Coca-Cola read it on Monday, and by Tuesday of the next week, less than seven days later, the executives at Coca-Cola at the cocaine-based soft drink said, <laughs> fuck yeah, let's fucking do this. Their eyes all turned into dollar signs, and they had like a cocaine orgy in the office that night <laughs> with a bunch of people dressed as Santa and shit, and like a snow machine that just blew pure cocaine out of it. You know, just sprinkling on to all the executives. <laughs> They're like, Christmas 1965 is going to be a Charlie Brown Christmas, baby. You know. <laughs> And so, uh, but the creators were like, wait, you said Christmas is 65. That's this year. And Coca-Cola was like, that's a great observation, man. You must have a fucking calendar or something, you know? So, Godspeed. <laughs> so, the same day, uh, they got the other phone call from <laughs> CBS calls them, who essentially said, well, Coca-Cola just told us that we're doing a show with you, I guess. So, uh, how's, how's this going to go? <laughs> like... This is the interesting part about this to me is CBS, they didn't pitch it to CBS. <laughs> like, CBS didn't know these conversations were happening. Coca-Cola was like, hey. Well, I'll bet you Coca-Cola already had paid for that time spot in, for a yeah, Christmas special yeah, at CBS. For sure. Mm. So it really didn't matter to CBS as long as it was, you know, was you for know, sure, not, like you know, fucking raunchy, but mm-hmm. like it didn't matter what they did. They were like, "You already paid for this, whatever." Yeah, and it sounded like they were just looking for a Christmas special. It sounded like mm-hmm. this could have gone to someone else. A Charlie yeah. Brown Christmas special could have been someone else doing well, it. Well, so it's strange to me that there is no Coca Cola marketing in the special itself. Yeah, so they must just have had. They just wanted something to advertise around, right? There was, it was only thirty minutes. Yeah, and there right? originally was. There was originally a Coca Cola billboard in the beginning. Mm. where Snoopy like crashes off the ice on his ice skates and into this billboard that said Coca-Cola. But they took it out. I don't know why. I don't know why they took that out. And Coca-Cola was totally okay with none of the cartoon saying Coca-Cola anywhere. But yeah, like you Mm. said, they were just advertising all around it. You would have seen, if you had watched it live on TV... A Charlie Brown Christmas special brought to you by Coca Cola. Oh, you know, I see. and it probably okay. would have been Charlie Brown drinking a fucking Coca Cola mm-hmm. and shit. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, CBS is like, I guess we're doing this show. <laughs> so here's seventy five grand. Now, That's when, it? when well, 
when you run that through the old inflation calculator, that's six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay. And that is it's not a ton yeah. for a budget to make something, but a thirty minute cartoon yeah. about Charlie Brown, yeah. that sounds expensive. But I what do I know? Yeah, you know? I yeah, I guess I don't know how much that should cost. Bro. You gotta spend a lot of money on Coca Cola in the writers' room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah. there was one animator and That's two it? writers. There, three men made this. What? There's only three one? men oh my made God. this one entire animator? thing. Yeah, and a bunch of kid actors. Yeah. Wow. I so mean, each one of them got two hundred. Yeah. I mean, essentially, <laughs> and that was the initial budget. They somehow, somehow, with this thing, they went twenty thousand dollars over budget. So it wound up in the end costing ninety five thousand dollars, the equivalent to eight hundred thirty five grand these days. Holy shit! Almost a million dollars for. They were like two hundred is not enough. Huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah interesting. I can't imagine what they went over budget on. I don't. Yeah, they didn't hire other animators. Yeah, so two hundred like, grand over budget, basically. You know, I have no idea. Yeah, was this now? Was so? Is this the first time that any of these characters have been voiced? Or had they had spoken in some of the commercials? They had spoken in some of the commercials. Charlie okay. Brown had spoken. I don't. It was a different kid, though. I think okay. it was. It was a different kid that did the commercials. Um, I'm not quite sure who did. The voice for him, but there, I have a little bit on the kid who did him for this movie. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, though. There's more to it, honestly. Mm-hmm. He has his own episode on his own. Oh, he really? was a very interesting dude. Mm. The guy, the kid who was Charlie Brown. There's like a whole thing about him now. He's all so grown that's up. That's interesting that they're all voiced by kids. Yeah, they were all voiced by kids, and they were local kids. It was a cast of uh, elementary kids from around California to play the parts. No mm. adults would have actual lines, and they didn't want actor kids either. They wanted real American kids. No sexy kids allowed, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, Peter Robbins, who played Charlie Brown, and Chris Shea, who played Linus, they were like sexy kid actors, but okay. all the other ones were just normos, just, you know? Just, just bad. That's why they went over budget, because the kids took a million takes to get their fucking lines <laughs> yeah, they right. They said it was nuts. They, it was <laughs> like a bunch of kids running around fucking <laughs> screaming, and they're yeah. like, please, God. We need you to do dialogue. <laughs> and uh, yeah, B- Bill Melendez, the animator, he's the guy who did the Snoopy noises. He was the guy who was like, wah, wah. But, uh, <laughs> but those kids, it's, it was funny too. They all became very like locally famous from where they were from. Yeah. All these kids went back to school and they were the shit. Yeah, you know? dude, just fucking all the girls at the lunchroom. Yeah, yes, definitely. There was even in their studio that they were in, uh, in uh, San Francisco, Jefferson Airplane, the band who did like, Bernie! Oh, yeah. Yeah, speaking of fear and loathing, <laughs> Jefferson Airplane came over and hung out with them and like took pictures with them and shit. Interesting. And they, Jefferson Airplane like asked the kids for an autograph. It was Whoa, a big thing. Cool, you know? yeah. Yeah, they were little rock stars. Getting... All of the love letters in the locker. Yeah, yeah. Little rock stars hanging out with a rock band named after a roach clip. But uh, that's what Jefferson Airplanes mean. It's a oh. roach clip. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so you can smoke the whole joint. Yeah, The yeah, kids yeah. need to know about that. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Gotta educate the kids. Yeah. It's school, after all. <laughs> they're telling, like, this eight-year-old, they're like, no, see, our band's named after a roach clip, you know? You, don't, you gotta finish the whole joint. We don't waste. Waste well, not want not, kids. <laughs> <laughs> the word of the day is nine, man. You're leaving money on the table, brother. You're leaving money on the table, brother. Always remember that. But, uh, <laughs> dude, meanwhile, 
Bill Melendez is like animating until his eyeballs bleed. You know, <laughs> yeah, like why this man is. Another, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't. I guess it was just like I'll do it. I got it. You know. And this guy, he worked. Like I said, he worked for all the big leagues. He he knew what he was doing. But like, it did six months. He said he called Bill Hanna of Hanna Barbera for advice on how to do this that quickly. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Bill was kind of like, uh, "Good fucking luck, bro. <laughs> Good lord. Good luck." <laughs> <laughs> I ain't giving you shit. <laughs> but he was a beast. He he did it. He uh, And he also said it was a little bit easier for him. He was used to Disney and Warner Brothers, a way more polished style yeah. of animation. This was kind of like a flat mm-hmm. comic book. He he was lucky in the sense where they wanted it to be like a comic book. Mm-hmm. They wanted it to look like the strip did. Very 2D. You know? yeah. yeah, 2D, flat stuff. So, you know, nobody's... Everyone walks like South Park, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then, of course, my pay- my favorite part of the whole special, the music. So Sparky calls his old buddy, a jazz musician, Vince Garaldi. And um, he was like an up-and-coming jazz musician, but this really put him on the map. This movie is really what made him big time, you know. And he said he, ca- he gave him kind of a breakdown of what he wanted, and apparently Vince Garaldi was already at a piano in a studio somewhere doing some other shit. He gave him like a breakdown of what he would want for this thing. And while they were on the phone, within 15 minutes, Vince had the tune Christmas Time is Here on the piano, already ready. Cool. They're on overtime. Yeah. Like these PS, you know, yeah. 60s drugs, man. These guys just like, I got it already. I got I was, it. I got dude. it. I'm ready. I'm ready. I had yeah. a vision about this, man. <laughs> so, yeah, they put together the special. And it was, you know, they had a lot of fun doing it, apparently, even though it was this crunch time. It was kind of, they just had this freedom because it was being paid for by Coca-Cola, who didn't ask a lot, apparently. They were just kind of like, just do us a thing. And (laughs) CBS didn't have shit to say about it. They didn't even know they were doing it in the first place. (laughs) So they were kind of just left on their own in San Francisco at at Sparky's house to create this Christmas special. That's cool. Yeah, it was, it sounded like a fun time. And then, you know, they did all the ADR and for the kids and shit. And it was just this, it was this fun time. But uh, they did not like what they made. They didn't really, really nah, they didn't really love it. They, um, they, for one, they were really, they had to keep quiet while they were making it about the Bible reading scene. Everybody but Charles Schultz was kind of like, should we do the Bible stuff? You know, like we're putting this on television. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, are you sure yeah. in this time where they just outlawed prayer in school, yeah. do you really want to do the Bible stuff in this thing? And yeah. he was he was pretty adamant about it. He was a Midwestern Christian guy, and he's working with these heathen California dudes, <laughs> and he wants the fucking Bible in there, you yeah. know? And uh, <laughs> it's like it's about Christmas. <laughs> like Christ is his name. <laughs> his animator worked for Disney. You know, he's like, let's all let's all just be grateful that he wasn't Mormon because we'd be hearing about Joseph Smith. Oh my God, for Brown. real. <laughs> yeah, very true. Actually, I am glad he's not Mormon. <laughs> but yeah, you know, Sparky wanted the Bible, and by God, he was gonna get it. This is peanuts. This is mm-hmm. his thing. So he got it in there, and um, this thing got put together. 10 days before the due date. And uh, yeah, they hated it. The guys who made it, they hated it. And then they brought it to CBS, and CBS fucking hated it. Did not like it at all. What what were the criticisms? The music, they didn't like the jazz music. They didn't like Vince Guaraldi for some reason. They Mm -hmm. probably thought it was like too fucking uh, cool or whatever. Mm -hmm. They thought it was slow, 
And they were like, why are all these kids so unsexy? You know, like, what's going on here? Why did you get real voice actors? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing casting a bunch of dirty, ugly kids? We don't let those kids in Hollywood, you know. <laughs> you can't see them. Yeah, uh, we can hear them. You can hear the ugly in yeah, their voice. <laughs> Somebody's got to see them sometimes. Somebody will see these kids and realize we cast a bunch of uglies, you know. That's why they hated it. Oh, man. But, like it or not, there's a contract. This thing's coming out. Mm-hmm. And again, this is one of the freedom freedoms mm-hmm. that they had. It was like, mm-hmm. this thing is not, it's not a matter of if it's coming out. It's yeah. already bought, paid yeah. for, scheduled. Yeah. This thing is going to air. And it, that's, that's got to be so nice because it's like one of the few times where this happens because it was paid for by a company who just wants something popular to advertise around. Right. Coca-Cola doesn't give a shit what no. this is. They were like, like, just make something that's yeah. fun and Christmassy. If they had done this with CBS, they would have had so many checks and balances. <laughs> yeah. There would have had to be like dailies they had to submit. Well, that's <laughs> the trick to Hollywood. I've yeah. learned from making this episode, the trick to Hollywood is to not sell it to a studio. Go sell it to an advertiser. Yeah, go, to, yeah. go to Ford and see if they'll pay for you to make something they own a, stu- a, a network somewhere and they'll just put it on whatever network they own yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. as long as they can throw car commercials around <laughs> yeah. it if you get to the billionaires you can get on tv yeah yeah so you know that's uh hollywood <laughs> see if, if only uh rod sterling had kept working with the cheese people maybe he wouldn't have had so many problems of censorship peanuts was also had a commercial on the craft they, they ah. had a commercial on the craft cheese hour nice. on the craft d- d- tv hour <laughs> the cheese hour the cheese, the cheese show <laughs> everybody was getting their start on the cheese show man craft <laughs> cheese has a lot to do with why we have television today believe it or not next time you eat a single just remember <laughs> television was brought to you by that cheese yeah. <laughs> fucking single wrapped chemical laden piece of cheese yeah, whatever the fuck that <laughs> whatever is. the fuck is made of yeah. like nuclear material or whatever <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it airs uh december 9th 1965 they wanted it like uh, earlier in December. They wanted to really kick off Christmas with this thing. Your dad's a numb. We want to give you something early, you know. Um, <laughs> and it was instant success. Huge, huge. It was the second most watched show that week, right behind Bonanza. And just to give you a scale of how big this was, there were three networks at the time on TV. You had three channels. Click, click, click. That's all you got. <laughs> it was a knob. It was, it was, yeah, it was, one of them was showing knob stuff, and one of them was showing, you know. Uh, no, I was going to say, it's a knob that on the oh, TV. Oh, it's a knob. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a knob on your TV, one channel showing knob, and the other one showing cartoons. You know? <laughs> and a, a Charlie Brown Christmas that night got 49% of the audience share of all of television that (laughs) night. Half of the TV sets in America were tuned into a Charlie Brown Christmas special. Wow. It is numbers that even today have not been matched. Well, yeah, I mean, they're they're also... An asterisk. Yeah, they're playing under different rules. Of course. If there was three channels today, I'm sure sure there'd be like... For uh, sure, but there never was. You know, it just... Yeah, I wonder what other things were airing during that time was it Bonanza. like 
footage of like the the new the nightly news footage of like war torn Vietnam with dead bodies and shit. Yeah, and like, Bonanza you know, and Charlie some Brown. Boring yep. ass. Yeah. yeah, those are your three choices. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so this thing got a lot of. If I were Lee Mendelson, the producer, I would have gone and like thrown a brick through CBS's fucking windows. I swear, <laughs> like. <laughs> and I watched a documentary on it too, and the C- the guy at CBS was still alive for this documentary they did on mm-hmm. the making of this thing, and he was like, "Yeah, we were pleasantly surprised." It's like, "Go fuck yourself, rotten piece of shit." But uh, <laughs> this will never make money. Sell some more Fords. <laughs> Sell some more Fords. Who would want to watch this? I yeah. think they want to watch. People getting burned alive right, in rice patties—that's right. way more That's compelling we than this. <laughs> As you can tell, I get frustrated with these people. It's because I've dealt with these motherfuckers. But anyway, it's uh, it's the highest-rated Christmas special in the history of civilization, technically, and it is one of the most rewatched TV specials in history. CBS guys are like, who knew? Well. To be fair, I don't know how many, you know, Buddhists or, you know, Islamists are, are watching Christmas specials, yeah. but, you know, like, maybe, in, maybe in the Christian world, <laughs> civilization. Yeah, what, what if there's, like, a Hindu holiday yeah. special that's got, like, way bigger numbers? That would be awesome. I'd watch the shit out of it. <laughs> so CBS did what all networks do when you have a hit. They ordered more, and it's... So a week later, one week later, so take the entire span of this thing from April, and now it's like mid-December. Uh, these guys who basically had kind of worked together on a few commercials here and there, one week after this thing comes out, Lee Mendelson, Bill Melendez, Charles Schultz, the three creators of it, go into CBS and sign a contract for 15 years worth of peanut specials that it's like their grandkids were sending their grandkids to college from this deal. Whoa, they got 15 years? 15 years of material, and the number that they got paid is not even out there. They Apparently it was upwards in the millions upon millions wow. for the next 15 Holy years of your shit. peanut shit. While he's still doing it as a comic strip in a internationally wow. syndicated... You know, yeah. It, wow. This is when it became the Mecca. And this was the first TV special. That was the first one. A Christmas, mm. uh, Charlie Brown Christmas special was the first TV special they did. And wow. it was instantly like, the next 15 years of your life are this. Wow. Holy yeah. shit. Um, so wait, what were the other specials? Because I know there's a Thanksgiving there's one. Thanksgiving. There's every, I mean, basically every holiday has like a, a Charlie Brown Christmas special or a Charlie Brown special out there somewhere. Really? July 4th. Oh, yeah. I don't know all of them because to be completely honest with you, the Christmas one is my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Um, the Thanksgiving one is is good. Mm-hmm. Not it's it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. They're animated a little bit differently. You know, where it's like newer. Yeah, it's newer. Where comes money and success? Also yeah. comes evolution of the art. And yeah, sometimes they hired other animators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they hired other people to do shit, and um, it just became different. You know. Um. So wait, but so fifteen years of specials is that one special a year? Is that two specials a year? I think How it was that- kind of like whatever. Whenever it 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 is 
good to do a special. You know, I'm not quite sure. Like I said, the details of the deal are very interesting. Zipped up. I don't know why. Weird. I, it was like one of those things that happened in a room where no one else was, and Weird. it's lost to history type of shit. Interesting. I'm gonna look up a list of the specials because I uh, yeah. I only thought Christmas and uh, Thanksgiving existed. I didn't know there were. Yeah, look up the special. Um, um but I, they won an. Im- and they're like a Yankee Doodle Dandy special, which was like probably the fourth. Of yeah. July yeah. Valentine's Day right. special. Every holiday. They just started partnering with every holiday that corporate America has yeah. made and yeah. go to the <laughs> Yeah, they went from like Coca Cola to Hallmark, All you right. know, shit like that. Halloween. Halloween. I remember that the Halloween was a good one. one. The was, Halloween was good. That was a good yeah, one. Yeah, that one's really good. All right, I got the list. What's the list? There's a Charlie Brown Christmas. Charlie Brown's All Stars. Mm-hmm. It's the Great Pumpkin, Those, Charlie Brown. Yeah, that one's good. You're in love, Charlie Brown. Valentine's. He's your dog, Charlie Brown. Uh, it's just about PETA or something. <laughs> it was a short summer, Charlie Brown. Summertime. Play it again, Charlie Brown. <laughs> You're not elected, Charlie Brown. That's about the president. <laughs> <laughs> There's no time for love, Charlie Brown. The Valentine's now he's good. Just, now he's just like James Bond. Uh, yeah, James Bond no title. Time for- <laughs> <laughs> James Bond is secret. Based on uh, Charlie Brown. The name's Brown. Charlie Brown. James. Charlie Brown is the James Bond prequel. He was bullied as a kid. Oh my god! And then he grew up to be a fucking yes, super dude, agent. Definitely, and it's really a collaboration between Ian yep. Fleming. He just womanizes. He just him. like objectifies women and kills people. He has no no care for anyone else. There were so many. No- dude, it sounds like with fucking his childhood, it sounds like that's a total possibility. <laughs> All right. A Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Yep. It's a mystery, Charlie Brown. <laughs> Must be Halloween. I don't it's know. the Easter Beagle, Charlie Brown. I think we know what that one's about. Be my Valentine, Charlie Brown. They went in on they Valentine's in. Day. Yeah, every holiday. Yeah. This is like the third one for Valentine's yeah. Day. You're a good sport, Charlie Brown. It's Arbor Day, Charlie Arbor Brown. Day. They're running out. They're running out. They're it's running your first out. kiss, Charlie Brown. <laughs> what a nightmare, Charlie Brown. Halloween. You're the greatest, Charlie Brown. That's never been said to him before in his whole life before then. <laughs> She's a good skate, Charlie Brown. Oh what does that mean? <laughs> wow. Um, excuse me. Excuse me. Hold on a second. Wait a minute now. She's a good what now? Skate. Um, oh, okay. Life's a circus, Charlie Brown. It's magic, Charlie Brown. <laughs> Someday you'll find her, Charlie Brown. Oh my God! A Charlie Brown celebration. Is this goodbye, Charlie Brown? Oh wow! <laughs> that he like was he was he dying? <laughs> it's, it's an adventure, Charlie Brown. <laughs> we have learned what we have learned, Charlie Brown. A tribute. <laughs> is, is he dead? I yet? love the. It's a. Is this goodbye, Charlie Brown? Was Charles Schultz just like? Can I stop? Like I know. That's when he was going through cancer. <laughs> yeah. yeah Sure, it might have been, man. That might be sadder than we know. It's Flash Beagle, Charlie Brown. It's Flash Beagle. Snoopy's getting married, Charlie Brown. Wow, okay. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. Yeah, that one's a really popular one. Happy New Year, Charlie Brown. Took him a while to get to the New Year's one. What the hell? Snoopy, the musical. (laughs) It's the girl in the red truck, Charlie Brown. What in the fuck? (laughs) About, is that dude. a murder suspect? That could either be a murder, a murder mystery, mystery or a It was the girl in the red truck. Why, Charlie Brown? Why? why? That's what Charles Schultz No, I take it back. That's the murder mystery. <laughs> That's the murder mystery. It was the girl in the red truck, but then they find out it was Charlie. Why? why? Okay, we're getting to the end of these, I promise. Snoopy's reunion. 
It's spring training, Charlie Brown. What in the hell? I'm getting shaved, kids. It's that. Christmas again, again, Charlie Brown. It's why, Charlie. It's Christmas again. Why? You're the super. You're in the Super Bowl, Charlie Brown. Okay. It was my best birthday ever, we Charlie Brown. We never miss the Super Bowl. That's when the NFL paid. The NFL absolutely paid for that special. It's the Super Bowl, Charlie Brown. There's no doubt about it. It's the Pied Piper, Charlie you can't Brown. Use the word Super right. Bowl without the NFL's the NFL's permission. permission. So he definitely paid for that. That's funny. Uh, yeah, it's the Pied Piper, Charlie Brown. Okay, that's about a a, a man who used to kidnap children. <laughs> hey, Charlie Brown Valentine again. Charlie Brown's Christmas Tales. Uh, Lucy must be traded. Wow, <laughs> Lucy must be traded. Oh, Charlie Brown. That was one. I, that was one about girls on the baseball team. They were trying to do uh, away with it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I want a dog for Christmas, Charlie Brown. Christmas Last three. Man. He's a bully, Charlie Brown. <laughs> Happiness is a warm blanket, Charlie Brown. Okay. And the final one. Released December 10th, 2021, wow. so in two days. Wow. The most recent one that is airing exclusively. Today, when it comes out. Oh, today, today when it comes out. You can see the most recent one airing exclusively on Apple TV+. Plus. Snoopy presents an Elude Lang Sign. Oh, <laughs> What? Oh, that's the song. That's the New Year's song. Oh, okay. Lang Syne. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know what's funny? When was the last... Before this one, when was the last one? Created? 2011. That was the... It's a warm right. blanket? So like, it sounds like a heroin overdose. <laughs> we're like... I love how the creators of the studio are just like, you know, we're going to take a break for 10 years. And then they're like, you know... After a pandemic and <laughs> lockdown and fucking riots and everything, you know what we need? Charlie, Charlie Brown, Brown, Snoopy Vague. <laughs> it's a warm blanket. It's definitely like about laudanum or like Everybody Percocet. getting a little too rowdy up in here. I'm going to show some Charlie Brown and Coke cold down their throats. Calm them down. A warm blanket is what like uh, our dads used to call whiskey. They, you know? like, they were running out and they, they, they ran through all the holidays and started doing heroin specials. But So he died in 2000s, yeah. right? So the last one he could have possibly be involved in is it's the Pied Piper Charlie Brown. That's crazy that they named that after a child kidnapper. <laughs> I've got to watch all these now. Yeah, now right. But this is also the I thing. Mean, the Pied Piper is not that. That is that name predates that fucking series. Dude, no, no. That is, oh. That's not the origin. Isn't of that. the Pied Piper the one who led the snakes yeah, out of Ireland? He le- but I thought he also would take kid- people's kids. What, wait, the one who led the snakes in out of the Ireland? Tail. Yeah, or no, the one that oh. led the snakes out of Ireland was named like. I thought McPherson. that was the Pied Piper. That's Saint Patrick. That's St. Patrick. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pied Piper. Yeah, well, all the these Grim specials Truth. and not a single St. Patrick's Day one. Yeah. Well, they're, they're like, let's not touch that. <laughs> they're missing some holidays. Like, There's no flag there. <laughs> you want some Guinness? No, look, this. Oh, it's the story is likely based on an actual historic historical incident about the Pied Piper. It's a legend from the Middle yeah, Ages. Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, I know <laughs> about this. A Trust rat me. catcher hired by a town lures rats away with his magic but they pipe. Didn't, so it's kind of like the same. But they didn't pay premise, him. But it's, yeah, but they didn't pay him, so yeah. he took all their kids. That's what pay the piper means. <laughs> Wait, really? Yes, he would lure all the rats out of town, but they didn't pay him, so he stole all their kids, and they had to pay him a ransom to get all the kids back. Pay the piper, and Pied Piper are about kidnapping. 
<laughs> and this Yo. is a German, uh, yeah, this is a German yeah. fable. And of course, what? leave it up to good old Disney to make a fucking <laughs> yeah, cartoon. Yeah, of when a the town German refused to pay the piper kidnapping for kidnapping, when the town refused to pay the piper for a service, the savior turned into a more satanic seducer and came for Hamlin's children. Entranced by the notes of his flute, the transfixed boys and girls followed the piper out of town and vanished. <laughs> so, Pied Piper, Charlie Brown. <laughs> And his source was involved in that one. It was the last one he was involved with. <laughs> He's like, oh, this is a very good idea. Man, this is we better be on the watch for this new one. What if they're like literally trying to lead kids like you know to some fucking crazy well, this satanic one, thing? This one uh, the first one in ten years, it doesn't even have Charlie Brown's name in it. It's like the only one to That's not so include crazy. Charlie Brown's name. It's yeah. Snoopy Presents right. for a lewd like scene. Yeah, they went. <laughs> Bro, Snoopy the Red Baron has come out as a Satan worshiper and it's just going to flash Pentagons and shit on the screen. Oh, but yeah, God. considering how many times he did Valentine's Day, yeah, they, they missed a couple holidays yeah. here. I was expecting, you know, at least one about the winter solstice, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. It's the winter solstice, like, Charlie Brown. What is Charlie Brown? They can't do that about the winter solstice, bro. <laughs> Because the winter solstice was originally Christmas. I don't know. And I then was, the Christmas just took I was, it. I was, I, was just trying right. to, I was just trying to pick an arbitrary holiday. I didn't actually know winter solstice had <laughs> oh. anything to do with Christmas. Arbor Day. They already oh, yeah, did it. Arbor yeah, Day man, got the winter, Arbor the, Day dude. there. It's Cupcake there Day, go. Charlie Brown. Winter solstice had to do with the moon or something. <laughs> but yeah, I'll... Not, well, it's the time of year. It's the long, It's the shortest day of the year, but it's a pagan holiday. And back in the before Christianity was a thing, all the Romans and the Greeks celebrated a big feast on the winter solstice. And then when Christianity came in, Jesus wasn't born in December. They figured out he was born in like the fucking oh, summer yeah, or right. something. But they put his birthday on. Christmas and called it that because it was an easy changeover for the population. Right. The pop mm. We were like, oh, well, we're celebrating anyways, and we're just going to keep celebrating yeah. instead of just money gods. We're just going to so do the one true god. The meaning it's of like, Christmas is about the winter solstice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus was not born on December yeah. 25th. You know, he was born in like no, July. Not at all. <laughs> or June. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, anyway. I have to end off Santa, this Santa, uh, you know, Jesus was a mushroom, and Santa was uh, old. <laughs> <laughs> you ever look at those old Germanic cartoons, and they got, like, cardinals and big red shirts with, like, a white undergown? <laughs> They're all resembling mushrooms, and they, they would pick these ominous scary mushrooms from under pine trees, hang them in the trees to dry... That's a Christmas ornament, and they're sending the kids under there because they can fit under there to get those presents. Holy shit. That's where the whole myth from fucking St. Nick really? and all that. Yes, wow. dude. They were eating semi-psychedelic mushrooms called Amanita muscaria mushrooms, and that's why they tripped a little bit, and they felt all really loving and good, and it would be called taking communion, eating the rib. That's like the rib of the mushroom. That's like, dude, there's a lot of fucking... There's a book called The Sacred Mushrooms, Sacred Mushroom and the Cross by John Allegro, and he's the only non-priest to examine and read the Dead Sea Scrolls, and he read all those fucking scrolls, and he wrote this book. It's like, yo, this is from a mushroom cult, wow. guys. This has been the wildest <laughs> episode. <laughs> I don't know how to... Yeah. Shout out to Christmas. Shout out to Cagmus. <laughs> All right, take us home. I'll take you home. Uh, the, the Charlie Brown Cagmus special mm. won an Emmy for uh, the special and also a Peabody Award as well. Okay. And uh, Charles Schultz said it was the ni it was nice to see since Charlie Brown never won anything. <laughs> and the That's rest funny. is history. I mean, this thing, the empire of Charlie Brown still stands strong to this day. 
There's still some of the biggest Macy's parade floats. Their merchandise, as we've gone over now, this is a $17 billion franchise now. And it all began with this Charlie Brown Christmas special made by three guys in a, in a Sparky's apartment in San Francisco. And um, yeah. yeah, and what's it got like TV shows and movies yeah. and all that stuff too? All Crazy. That shit. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yep, they're still doing well, it. And one's coming out tonight, like we said. One's coming out tonight. Catch this on uh, Apple TV. Uh, brought to you by Apple TV. Actually, I think this episode... It'll be out by the time this airs. This episode goes up on the 15th, so actually it would have been up for right. a couple days. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, I forgot we're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, you today's think it's home Monday alone, my because bad. Cut all that shit yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it will be out when you listen it's, to this. It's been out. Yeah. It's been out. You Ever missed it. You, you it's heard already gone. Alone. It's already... They deleted <laughs> it. Out. And if there are elements of satanic worship in there, please hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> James, that is... Uh, thank you for the research on this one. This one yeah. took me down uh, rabbit holes that I did not know we were going down. Uh, one of the twistiest, turniest episodes of film history that we've definitely, done so far. Definitely. It's crazy. It's had some crazy stuff. It was all capitalism and religion. And I'm still confused what Schultz's opinion on capitalism me is. Me too. Does he not like it? Because he made a... He, 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 he did a whole commercial for, for Coca-Cola. Yeah. Like, he was like... He took this Coca-Cola commercial and then made this thing that was like, capitalism's bad, he brother. Took a, he took Coca-Cola's money and made an anti-capitalism... <laughs> You know, but again, I think he would have argued, no, no, no. I was just talking about capitalism of Christmas. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> not of media. Yeah, capitalism of, of of me profiting is good. Yeah, but also, I mean, he is adding a big capitalistic element with a yeah. with a corporate funded yeah. Christmas special. You know, it, you but, know hey, a complex man, a complex man. But Indeed. uh, <laughs> you can find Sparky. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Drake Cummings, on Twitter at Drake underscore Cummings. On TikTok at Hollywood Drake, um, on YouTube at Drake Cummings, uh, and uh, you can find my merch line at Raging20sMerch.com. Yo, yo, you can find me on Instagram at Sailor underscore Dev, and on Twitter at Abracadabra Dev, and Jesus was a mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> You can find us at Film History, the History of Film, all over social media's FHHF Podcast somewhere. And you can find me either, either at uh, Jimmy Deloy or James Wyatt Scott, depending on where you're looking. But you can also find me dressed as a Santa Claus with no pants on, lining up for the cocaine punch at the Coca-Cola Christmas party in 1965, baby. Woo! Merry Cagmas, Woo! everyone, from Film History. The history of history of film. You know what I'm talking about.